I think that was your best woohoo, David. I did a cut. Well, good. Then save it. You've been practicing, haven't you? Save it. In front, in front of the mirror and shit, like touching, the, you know. <laughs> <laughs> are we going to have some intro music to cover up this? No, no intro music. We are fresh. We are alive. Fresh. And we are 11 O'Clock Comics. I am Vince B. I miss, I miss the music to cover up the, the witty banter. Well, and we I'm have Chris something. Ferguson. Yeah. Special needs. Guest. So. Uh, special. David. David, that's you. Oh, I'm the special. Nice. I'm David Price. <laughs> and I uh, I'm Chris Neesman. I'm sorry. And unfortunately, the fourth member of this train is not with us this week. He's on business. Yes, Jason Wood is not here with us. But we do have a suitable, more than suitable replacement to uh, sit in with us and talk about good old comics. He's the writer of this little book called Animal Man for DC and Frankenstein, Agent of Shade, and he's wrote, he wrote Essex County and he writes Sweet Tooth for Vertigo and it's it's Jeff Lemire and we love him. Hello, yay! Hi, this, Jeff. The, this is uh, this is the big audition, Jeff, because we're actually looking for Woods replacement. Good. So <laughs> Woods replacement, David. This oh, is hey, not what, this hey. is not what we talked about. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> All right, so Jeff, it's good to have you here. It's been a while since we talked to you yeah, last. It's been, I think it's been uh, a couple of years, probably. And I, I got to say, in that span of time, you have either sold your soul to the devil, or mm -hmm. pe people have realized what a damn fine writer artist you are, because right. your career is like, wow, you've taken off. Yeah, it's been. Uh, <laughs> been a pretty good couple of years i can't complain you know it's been, <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what to say it's all my dreams are coming true you know it's, a true architect great. yes the dc architect that's what you he's, are he's, he's, he, God, he just sounds so canadian well that's <laughs> because i am no, you mean intelligent true. canadian sound intelligent that's he's what he just sounds so like polite. to me it's like yeah i don't know i just write i draw <laughs> it just happens yeah. all right know. let's do the drink roll calls we got a lot of comments oh yeah yeah about. yeah um well you know and this episode of uh, 11 O'Clock Comics is brought to you by uh, Discount Comic Book Service as well. That's awesome that you're doing it. Keep it rolling. All right. Um, for all of your comic book and geek culture needs, you should go to dcbservice.com where you can uh, get all of your comics delivered to your um, a uh, whatever your your house, your business, wherever you want them, um, for for forty, fifty, sixty, sometimes seventy five percent off. Uh, just go to dcbservice.com, uh, sign up and uh, fill out your order form. If you are a first time 
uh, customer at DCBS, you can enter a very special little code, which gets you an extra 8% off. So think of it like uh, getting like 58% off or up to like 80, what, 3% off on some stuff. And David, what's that code? EOC8. There you go. So DCB service, we all use it. It's how we get a bunch of our comics delivered to our homes every month. I go with the twice a month uh, shipping. I know David's once a, once a month. You can get weekly shipping, whatever you want, and uh, and it's great. And you can uh, you can order uh, all of Jeff's comics that way. And pre-orders are important, right? Yes. All right. So DCB service. All right. Now a little uh, long-winded. Yeah, I'm sorry. Was... Okay, I, I do that. <laughs> I gotta go. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it's like <laughs> eh, all done. All right. Uh, drink roll call. Uh, Jeff, why don't you um, start us off? What are you? Oh, you you are gonna be sadly disappointed, Chris. Oh, I'm, I, I'm drinking green tea. <laughs> <laughs> Does sorry. it have like like no. a shot of whiskey or anything? It has nothing. In? No. <laughs> green. I'm sorry. Green I was I'm sorry. I was working when you called, and I I can't drink and work. Okay, I, you know, I had that conversation with Andy Parks today. That that he's oh, been feeling boy. a little a little under the weather, and he and he worked up some like hot cocoa with some uh, with some cayenne and something else in there. I was like, drop a little vodka in that. And he's like, I can't. I'm right, and I'm just like, you know what? Hemingway would never let that stand in his way. Yeah, but I'm not Hemingway, and uh, when you drink and write, Superboy number six happens. <laughs> oh, sorry, that was actually Doomsday. The cross. Yeah. So you're so you're saying that that Doomsday is the vodka shot in the <laughs> hot cocoa of of the DCU. Uh, okay, so so you are you are green tea, Vince. Um, pick us up. What do you got? Hurricane. Oh my goodness, Hurricane Malt Liquor. Love it. Four, Forty ounces for a paltry two dollars and seventy five cents. How yeah. could you say no, Christopher? Pouring pour one out for your homies. All right, That's David, right. how about for you? Heavy D? Yeah, I am uh, having Merlot, courtesy of Bola. Oh, Bola. Bola. Uh, this is a uh, mine is from a brewer that I absolutely love. I've talked about them several times on the show, and they continue to impress the shit out of me, and also change my opinion of the state of Idaho. I didn't know if anything came out of Idaho besides uh, like Napoleon Dynamite that was worth a shit. And uh, the <laughs> Grand Teton Brewing Company continues <laughs> to do amazing work, and I'm having their wake-up call, which is an imperial coffee porter. As we're getting into the uh, the colder the colder uh, months of the year here, and uh, and it's time for and shouts. Oh hush! That's uh, great. This is a wonderful, wonderful porter uh, infused with uh, with a lot of coffee notes into it. So, um, oh my really, God. really yeah. yummy porter. Good stuff. It's painful. Good mouthfeel. Good mouthfeel. Always good mouthfeel. All right. Now that that's out of the way, we have something very important to talk to you about before we get into the comics discussion. Uh, head on over somebody, to our. Somebody, somebody sent you something. No, head on somebody over to sent our. Me something. So go oh ahead. My goodness. Uh-huh. Head on over to our forum. Oh. You can our forums at forum.bullpenbulletinspodcast.com or www11 o'clock comics because there's something very special going on. It's that time of year again. Yeah. Yes, the holiday season, and it's 
Uh, time for the fourth annual 11 o'clock comics slash Marvel Noise gift exchange. Now, you know what this is? It's a great way to spread good cheer, happiness, and karma to your fellow listener. If you have a handful of comics, trades, movies, CDs, books, or what have you that are looking for a good new home, then come to the forums. And where are the forums, David? We did that part. Uh, sign up for the official thread. You'll be matched up with a fellow listener, and then you can mail them a care package of pop culture awesomeness. And you get a big box of the same in return. Uh, we had over 63 people participate last year, and we're hoping to break 80 this year. It's just a lot of fun. You just load up a bunch of comics in a box, send them off, and you wait around your house, and eventually you'll get a big old box of comics yourself. It's awesome. It's fun. It's fun stuff. It yes, and, awesome. and, and we wish you would participate. Remember the link, David, what is it? The, uh, the forum can be found at forum.com bullpenboltonspodcast.com it is a sticky thread at the top of the, uh, the top of the bullpen page the official fourth annual forum gift exchange is the thread you want to look for that's right and you know what I, I, I always enjoy getting um, paired up with um, with the foreign um, uh, forum posters whether oh, no. it be um, you know, in the UK or Australia Canada um, it's, it's a lot of fun it's uh, just ship, shipping and re- receiving an international package is cool. I don't care yeah, who you are. Yeah. Get, getting something from Australia is neat. But that's and, really cool because you can specify. I thought, David, were you going to say this? You can specify if you'd like to just get a domestic uh, gift recipient or if you're adventurous, you can spring for the international gift recipients. Right. So if you don't want to spend a bunch on postage, you can just pick somebody within the States. And that's we the could, other thing. You don't even have to. I mean, you could have something. If we all, if you read last year's winners for the eleven o'clockers with with the graphic novels or the collections, and and now they're just sitting on your shelf, you don't want them anymore. Pack them up. I mean, you never know. I mean, if if you spent any time on the forum, then you'll know the the taste and likes of your other forum mates, and it's just an easy. You don't need. Basically, that's the thing. You don't have to spend any money. What the hell is going on with your head? Someone's buddy. playing bongos. It's not Lemire's. Lemire's writing the next issue of Frankenstein. <laughs> with his feet. <laughs> I'll stop writing. I, I was. <laughs> what, what? You I think me. the microphone is like right next to the keyboard. I, I love the microphones the... on my fingertips. He was. That he is was, neat. He was. He was. He, that was Braille. For I was what say, I was this, saying, this, it was. This, that was the Morse is, code. This is. Do you guys up. want a scoop? Do you want to know what I'm writing? I was yes, going to say yeah. this, this is making up. I can't comic. tell you what it is, but I'll tell you who it's for. Okay, it's for Raphael Albuquerque. The script. Ooh. Uh, can you can you just write one word or two right now so we could say we were there when that was. I'm well, we could say that already. <laughs> it's, it's like so Getty Lee playing the bass with his feet. Well, let me see. Let me see. It's, it's for Raphael Albuquerque. It's not, it's not Sweet Tooth or American Vampire related. So. Really? Oh, is I was it for, say this. It's got to be for American Vampire. No. Is it for Vertigo? No. So this is a creator owned thing then? No, I, I know what it is. Nope. You know. How do you know you what it is? You don't know what it is. No one knows. <laughs> It's just Jeff getting all uppity. He don't know what it is. All right, let's get this train rolling. Yeah. And I think we should defer to our guest and see what he's been reading that he's been enjoying. 
you know what I've been reading is I started rereading the uh, entire Alan Moore Swamp Thing run this week. Isn't it good? For, for like, you know, the dozenth time or whatever. But yeah, it's uh, it's incredible, and uh, I, every year or two I try to reread that one. But the, especially the, whole, with, the whole thing? Yeah, the whole thing. I started at the beginning, and uh, man, it's good. And uh, yeah, I know, that's what I've been reading, so it's pretty much this week anyway. So what is your favorite issue in that entire run? Um, that's tough. There's some really good ones. I really like Pog. You guys know that one? Pog? Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Uh, you know, and then the whole American Gothic storyline's classic. Yeah, sure. Constantine and all that stuff. It's great. That's where I'm at right now. Um, yeah, I know. I love, I love that run so much. And, uh, obviously... Scott Snyder and I are tapping into a lot of that stuff with what we're doing right now, so it's always good to refresh yeah. yourself, you know. You know, it's it's, it's one of the weird things about, um, uh, not weird things, but it's one of the things I've kind of picked out that uh, what what Scott is doing with Swamp Thing right now is, I mean, you know, Scott's doing his thing. I, I feel like Animal Man is a little bit more reminiscent of of Alan Moore's Swamp Thing than Scott's Swamp Thing is. Does that Probably, make sense? Probably, yeah. No, I yeah. agree, because I think a lot of the things that were done with the Swamp Thing character back in Alan Moore's run and then subsequently um, are things that, sort of elements that I can now exploit with Animal Man that hadn't been done yet, whereas yeah. Scott had to break some new ground or, or take it to a new place, yeah. so... Yeah, you're not you're not gonna do with Swamp Thing what was already done. Yeah, exactly. But but there's there's some neat stuff with Buddy that, can that you apply, can, yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. I like the well, I actually appreciate the fact that the both of you are keeping the color dimensions, I guess you can call them, like the red, the green. Now we have the black, which is really cool. Yeah. Well, you know what, it's not the black anymore because I we were gonna call it the black, but some of the editorial people at DC were kind of concerned that it was getting too, uh, like the color thing was getting too close to the Green Lantern stuff. So we, oh. yeah. <laughs> we didn't want to have to make too much comparison to that stuff. So we actually changed the black. It's now called the rot. So. Oh, well, oh. that's even better yeah. to rot. Yeah, no, yeah. At least it's not the indigo or the violet. Yeah. yeah. The mauve. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, so there you go. That's what that's what Jeff I'm reading uh, something and I I went to the comic store tonight and I got uh what did I buy? Batwoman, of course. Oh yeah. And uh what else am I reading? Green Lantern. Doug Mankey is the best. And uh you got Jason Aaron's Punisher Max and uh, I got my Frankenstein because my comps haven't come yet, so I haven't <laughs> seen it yet. That's, uh, that was do, you, pick. do you do that a lot? Do you, do you end up, it's like, yeah, I just need to see how it's printed. Oh, yeah, all the time. Usually my cops come a week or two before, but for some reason, this for this issue, they haven't shown up yet. So, yeah, I really wanted to see what it looked like, you know. I think uh, J.G. Jones has been ratcheting his covers up progressively since the first one. Issue the three is, the third is by the far the best. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, you think so? Yeah, I, um, uh, I really like number two, and number four is awesome. I don't know if you guys have seen that one. It's like an old B-movie horror poster or something. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, no, he's he's really fun to work with. I do like I do like the second one with everybody coming out of yeah, uh, yeah, Frank's head. Yeah, I good. think I, I think just, just the way... The way Frank is, is posed on the cover of the second with the blue, and, and it's just... I. 
I, for some reason, that's just striking. And I, I like the way he's... I Because there have been times where I haven't been as enamored with J.G. Jones, but for some reason, the covers here... And, and he's doing... He's doing covers for for another DC. Okay, right. I think I his the work he's doing on the Frankenstein covers knocks those out of the park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's great. He's. Uh, I really want. I'll be honest. I really wanted Mankey to do it just because. That's he's, fitting. He's, well, he's just so he's such a big part of that character and stuff. But he couldn't do it, and and uh, when they got JG, I was obviously not disappointed. So. <laughs> That's the thing about um, your work for DC recently. I think you've been incredibly blessed with the artists that they've uh, paired you with. Yeah, like, I, I mean, I I'll be honest. I fought for Alberto to get on that book. That was me that got him on there. And travel. It took us a while to find the guy for Animal Man as well. So it was really I I really was very careful about <laughs> before I signed on to the books to make sure I got some some guys that I could really trust and work with. So I'm I'm super happy with both of those guys. Did, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was one of the things that we were talking about a little bit before before we got on tonight. That uh, you know, really loving what Travel's doing on Animal Man, but uh, it's kind of a parallel to to Swamp Thing, and why maybe I'm connecting those two books a little bit is that you know, Travel uh, Travel Foreman's stuff on on the really horror type um, moments in the book are so good, and it's like beset whenever whenever you would get into the you know the really intense Swamp Thing scenes that that his art just you know really you know it was like you know an up level from from a lot of the other stuff it's uh um i mean do you whenever you write scenes for for his stuff are you just like you know i can't wait to see travel <laughs> come back with this you know really grotesque scene yeah well i it, after the first issue i kind of knew that i didn't really matter what i would write for descriptions and stuff for the monsters and things because he would come back with something way cooler than anything I could put into words so after a while I just started <laughs> just saying okay go nights travel you know that was like the extent of my description and he hasn't disappointed his, his design sense is incredible like the world building he's doing with like creatures and stuff is really cool yeah, it's pretty did, cool. Uh, did you bring Jose over to Frankenstein yeah no. okay <laughs> I figured I, Ponte- I think Ponticelli's a a beast. And, and uh, he's I, so underrated. I, I'm I'm really glad he's finally on a DC book proper and getting some attention because uh, I think he's fantastic. I mean, I, the Iron Soldier stuff was brilliant, but I think it kind of was under a lot of fanboys' radar because it wasn't really you know right. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, fun time. <laughs> at first but, glance, he he it looks like he's a uh, a very uh, a big artist like the 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 big imagery and the the uh, the action but when you look at the expressions especially frankenstein in the third issue there's a couple of uh expressions on frankenstein's face that are just priceless and really subtle yeah like, no, he's great and, and, you're and not, you wonder you're not taking it easy on him i mean between the church and, and at the end of the second issue when when, no. when they're on the planet <laughs> and the beginning of the set the third issue on the planet it's he is not he's probably screams your name at the end of each each script. I think he loves it. I'm serious. I think he thrives on it. That's crazy, awesome. Right? Yeah, yeah, he's, I he's, think he's really work. into it. He's been the way when I first started talking to him, he said that this is kind of the, the kind of stuff he'd been dying to draw with monsters and nice. things like that. So I don't think he's I think he's just super happy to be on the book. I think there's a lot of artists that are out there like that 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 want to, you know, that he, okay, yeah, everyone wants to draw Spider-Man, I guess at, at some point, but 
I think there's a lot of artists that want to get kind of dirty and 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 draw some some really cool you know grimy stuff so you know it's you know just you know talking to guys like you know like scotty young and and i know norton is like that and and seaweed you know the guys here in chicago it's like they want to draw just like kind of like cool grimy stuff yeah you know so you know it makes a lot of sense Hmm. I know we didn't plan this as a traditional let's interview Jeff Lemire show, but I I love Frankenstein, and i got to ask a couple questions, because there's one thing in particular that's been bugging the hell out of me. With Agent Bellroy? Yes. Is he modeled after Beaker from the Muppet Uh, Show? No, he's supposed to be be a racer head. (laughs) Oh, Uh, really? Jack Jack Nance. That one, I didn't. uh, (laughs) Yeah, Jack Nance. I didn't... uh, I, I totally I see that now. Him as Jack Nansen or something. I can't remember if I described him that way. I felt I just drew him that way, and it just I loved it. <laughs> and he's going to play into the the proceedings pretty heavily soon because I'm guessing something's going to go wrong with the uh, the humanoid uh, the the humanids. I, you could yeah. just tell something's going to go very awry with those. Yeah, guys. no, that's that's it's just a disaster waiting to happen. The whole <laughs> the entire shade is a disaster waiting to happen. It's like <laughs> mad science gone wrong, but it just hasn't quite gone wrong yet. You know? <laughs> it's it, Palmer has somehow kept it in control, but it's it's just bound to explode. Say maybe in issue six. <laughs> Maybe somewhere around the sixth issue that might happen. So, hey, um, speaking of uh, the Swamp Thing stuff, I've been getting um, all of the Alan Moore stuff in hardcovers. Yeah. Is the is the fifth volume of that? Is that the last one, or is there no, one six more? Just came out today. It's that's the last one. Uh, ah, okay. Yeah. I have to go to the comic shop. Yeah. Right now. Yeah, you, you need to own those. They they should have just skipped the hardcovers and went straight to the absolutes with that because. Alan Moore Swamp Thing blows Sandman away, and you know, Sandman got that treatment. So, yeah. well, you know, I I love I love the the hardcovers that they did for Sand or for not uh, for uh, for Swamp Thing, and I've got them all. The only thing that pissed me off is that they changed the trade dress after the first one. Yeah, I kind of I I, lo- I like the the sticky kind of icky <laughs> cover on the first. One. It was perfect, and then they go to the to the glossy. Um, uh, yeah. jacket cover and I, I was just like damn it it's why, why a, that's the graphic design nerd in me is I hate changing trade dress midway through I agree Chris that bothered me as well yeah <laughs> like damn it and uh, also have you noticed in the first one like underneath the dust jacket there's a super elaborate embossed like picture yeah. of swamp thing and then on the subsequent volumes it's just like you know the logo stamped on yeah it's like bonk bonk you know got yeah. you on the first one and then <laughs> And then, and then after it, it's you. You find that on a lot of stuff. Even though Vince is a is an anti dust jacket guy. Yeah, I hate yeah. them. I do too. They're useless. Uh, they're so totally useless. Just put the picture right on the hardcover. Like, yep. Come on. Just they should have done. Didn't they do that with? Um, no, I'm thinking the the fourth world stuff has dust jackets, but they do yeah. have very elaborate yeah, printed covers really nice underneath. Printed covers. Yeah. I really like them. Yeah. That's why I like um, um, like Starkeen's Elephant Man stuff, the uh, the hardcovers on those, beautifully designed hardcovers, and they've got instead of the dust jacket, they just have the nice little ribbon that yeah. uh, that goes around it. So yeah. I've always wanted to read that stuff. Is it, it good? Um, do you like um, 
You know, I'm reading Metabarons right now from uh, Jodorowsky and uh, Juan Jimenez. Have you read that? No, I haven't. It's, um, uh, did you like Dune? Yeah. Okay. If you like that that kind of of really wacky sci-fi... Um, Blade you know, Runner. Pol- it, Blade Runner, yeah. You know, kind of the, the very dark, futuristic... A little bit of espionage, a little bit of political uh, mix into it with some action. You would like Elephant Man. All right, it's, I'll check it out. Yeah. And, Go ahead. Jeff, if you want to see the Elephant Man nude, they're in a book that you have <laughs> oh, contributed. Yeah, the Liberty Annual for 2011. Oh, yeah, that's, right. that's right, I forgot. There. Jeff has a piece in there, and you Doesn't, can also uh, see... Moritat, he, he does some of the art for Elephant Man, doesn't he? he, he yeah. Did, yep. Yeah, he did, he did great, a lot man. of it. Yeah, it's uh well it was uh it was Ladrone uh, yeah, or Ladron yeah. that yeah. that did a lot of the hip flash stuff yeah. and then and then Justin took over for a lot of the elephant men but yeah it's just it, it's yeah very blade runner very futuristic dark look at uh um like genetic manipulation and uh but with a very european feel to it well, so yeah, yeah, yeah i'm gonna yeah. check those out yeah uh, this one of those ones that i've always wanted to pick up at some point but uh, yeah. Have, yeah yeah not not you know from anyone that would be working on a comic about you know like genetic manipulation and you know <laughs> you know of you know possible you know post-apocalyptic type stories i think i think it would probably appeal to you cool <laughs> yeah, and you did a great job on that little three-pager that's good stuff oh yeah the mark weed thing yeah yeah, that was fun. It was what just was cool that? Jeff's contribution to the Liberty Annual uh, for this year. He I don't, has I don't a, think I'm halfway through it. It seems a lot bigger this year than in than the past couple. But I haven't I haven't finished it. But it's I, I kind of stopped at the Grendel story. So yeah, it's oh, a good story. Big that surprise is. there. Exactly. Matt Wagner whore. J.H. <laughs> Williams killed it. His oh, his two pages. That was that was awesome. pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah. so cool. <laughs> you know, actually, Jeff, one of uh, one of my favorite little stories of yours was in the uh, the Dark Horse Noir. Oh yeah, that was fun. That was a neat. That was a that was a neat little story. It was like you know just a, a perfect little Jeff Lemire story. It was a little dark and and uh, it certainly a, a showcase for for your art. Were you guys um, aware of the other the other noir stories that were going in that, or was it just no, you know not. yeah it was, it was you know just submit a what was yeah. probably what a six page story or yeah, something? Yeah, eight or maybe it was ten actually. I don't remember. Was but, it okay? Uh, yeah. Actually, I think my favorite short thing I've done is that Ultra, the multi-alien story from Vertigo. That's the one I had the most fun on as far as short stories. But that was fun. That yeah. was fun. You know, it's and that's that's pretty cool since you're one of the uh, the founders of Vertigo. <laughs> yes, I am. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was wanna... that was so funny. Poor poor Chris Hardwick. <laughs> well, you know. Maybe he should have done his research. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got, nice. he's, got, he's got he's got television appearances to make. No time for yeah. that. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> that, that was funny. Uh, so, Vince, what are yes, you? Yes, sir. What are you reading? What am, sir? what am I reading? Let's see. What I got to check the clock first before I get into this. Ah, oh, oh, we got a half. On. We no seriously, we got a half hour. Uh, I am reading something that uh, will probably make David squeal. Uh, David. Vincent. Pretend it's 1991. 
Okay. And and, and we're in high school. Did you really? And yeah. and we're in South Central Los Angeles. What comic am I reading? I would think <laughs> you would have to be reading Gangster Rap Posse. That's right, Gangster Rap Posse. What? From the from the genius Benjamin Mara. Yes. I really I do think this guy's either incredibly gifted on a level that people can can barely crack that that membrane and realize this man's brilliance or he's just winging it and and you know completely bamboozling any everybody but i think it's the former there are little clues realized to long after he left us right well i hope not what I, are I you love talking his, about gangster rap posse we've Chris? talked about him before is that like insane clown posse no, no. well kind of but not really oh, it's it's, it's a it's a period piece. Okay. Like I said, 1991, South Central Los Angeles. It, it showcases the adventures of the world's most notorious rap group, the Gangsta Rap Posse. It's a complete fantasy. Um, everybody hates the Gangsta Rap Posse because uh, the LAPD hate them because they're killing cops. The skinheads in the Klan hate them because they're black, right? Black. Uh, in this issue... 70s funk master Harold Smithsonian, <laughs> who is the leader of a band called Funk Congress International, him and his bass player Snoozy Koblenz. Now, do the follow that that thread. Harold Smithsonian is George Clinton, and Snoozy Koblenz is Bootsy Collins. Right? They hate the okay. gangster rap posse because they sampled their their songs and they didn't pay for the privilege. Right? The mayor hates them because they've stolen his manhood by gang raping his wife oh, video videotaping the event <laughs> and selling copies on the black market it, it like i said it's a complete fantasy the the gunplay is ridiculous they will shoot anything that moves they murder people constantly they blow up shit with with uh, stinger missiles and I mean, if this was the real world, these guys would be behind bars long time ago. They consume mass quantities of drugs and alcohol, all in time to do their rap show at the end of the day for the record label executives. It's just, it's insane. But this is where I think it sounds. It sounds like an episode of The Shield. Uh it's yeah, pretty. It's yeah. it's pretty raw. Now we talked about the first issue a while back. Yep. This is issue number two, and it's a lot more explicit than the first, if you can believe that. Um, there are depictions of explicit depictions of oral sex and intercourse, and there's one panel where a white woman snorts coke off one of the guy's dicks. <laughs> it's, I love this book. It's amazing. It's it's so it's so foul, Chris. It's so foul. But I want to read you one one of the pages. I know you don't like this, but you have to get uh, an insight into the dialogue on this thing. Now they just they bust into this neo-Nazi clan gathering where there's there's skinheads up on stage with swastikas carved into their bodies and they're singing their hardcore punk ah, you know we hate black people i won't read the lyrics because they're pretty raw and uh you know they got the the big titty chicks in the in the background with the swastika bikinis on and stuff so the gangster rap posse bust in through the window and they just m eliminate 
all the skinheads in the clan. They murder them. They shoot them in the head. One guy shoots them in the chest with a shotgun, blows three guys away at once. There's headshots and nut shots, and it's just it's it's clockwork orange style carnage. Sam Peckinpah would be very proud of this comic. But so after all the skinheads are dead. The, 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 the hoes walk up to the gangster rap posse and they say, You killed everyone, you evil black bastards. <laughs> and the one says, You colored shitheads are as good as dead. How are we going to get laid now with all the men are dead? Chill, snowflake, smoke on this fatty blunt. And he puts this huge joint in her mouth and the other girl goes, Ooh, I want some too. And it says, Now smoke on this fatty black dick. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it goes on from there. It just keeps getting more foul. They're, where, they're, they're, where did this come from? Benjamin Mara I... publishes this himself. It's a company called... Oh, it's, uh, it's self-published? Okay. Yeah, it's a company called Traditional Comics. Issue number two, three bucks with the postage. It's not, it's not, cost it's you. Not, it's not family value comics? No, no. no. But it is okay. traditional. Uh, he, they just did a really good interview with Mara on Robot 6 about his process and I'll tell you, the guy has a knack for se- sequential art that is really. I mean, is is it is it like you know serious gangland type comedy? I'm, always, no. I'm like in front of you like I always do. I know, no, it's it's, it's it, a com- it, it's a complete fantasy. But there's okay. this raw kind of rough hewn, charmingly. Well, I mean, you know, but but is, is it is it is it serious? Is it well? This is where it, I'm going. There, there's okay. an adolescent quality to the execution. As yeah. if, like, the story of the gangster rap posse was conceived by a talented, though kind of untrained high school kid who okay. has never been around a real life black person in his entire life and has based, the, no, has based the characters and what they do on stuff like that he's gleaned from rap records. So or it's, the all, stere- it's, all ba- it's all based on stereotypes? Um, no, it, it's. It's tongue well, in cheek. I mean, that's what that. Okay, well, that's what that would be then. It's it's black exploitation, but it's a you know it's a wink wink from a white guy who's doing black exploitation like a thirteen year old high school kid. But All right. well, you're 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 cracking up, which is is too bad. Which that sucks. You know, because then I would have to go on and talk about betrayal of Planet of the Apes. <laughs> Nice. Vince is dying. Vince is yeah. dying now. Have you guys have have any of you guys read uh, Betrayal yet? Not yet. Uh, no. It is. Um, it's from uh, Karina Becco and Gabriel Hardman. Uh, Gabe, a uh, big fan of. Uh, we are a big fan of his, and he is a friend of the show. Uh, this is their um, kind of prequel to uh, the Planet of the Apes. It takes place uh, roughly 20 years before the the original Charlton Heston movie, and is um, a, a different look at at the Planet of the Apes than than what I've seen before. It's uh, I didn't I didn't think a, a a courtroom drama in in the Planet of the Apes world would ever be as entertaining as this and it it really is kind of like law and order meets planet of the apes you've got your you've got your police and and the the uh the courtroom aspect of it and uh uh the military and then all of that is wrapped around awesome gabriel hartman artwork i think this is uh 
you know, most folks know that that Gabriel at this point could probably work on just about anything that that he wanted to, uh, but that he and his wife are able to do a Planet of the Apes book, which is is a franchise that they're pretty passionate about, is is pretty awesome. And this is uh, going to be a, a four issue miniseries, so uh, you still have time. Get in now. Get the first issue. And then pick up the next three. If you are a Planet of the Apes fan, or a Gabriel Hardman fan, or a fan of Heathen Town, this is uh, this is a book to pick up. I loved it. It was awesome. Is he the guy that's doing uh, the new? What is it? The new Secret Avengers with Remendus? Yes. Uh, yeah, that's gonna be cool. Yeah, yeah. He did. Uh, he did uh, Incredible Hulk. With, yeah, he's uh, great. With Parker for a long time. No, Gabriel's. not Incredible Hulk. Just just Hulk. He did just Hulk. Just right. all, okay. It's yeah. Gabriel Gabriel's fantastic. He's uh, um, you know certainly kind of um, in, in this, and I think that we kind of saw this style of art. Um, and and he'll probably email me and 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 tongue lash me for this, but it's a uh, it, it's kind of a style that has come up through the the last few years. Uh, with like you know Maleves, Daredevil, and Michael Lark, and you know I would put you know what Chris Somney does and, and Gabriel as this you know the, the it's kind of just this this um, feel that they that they all have to their art that uh, um, yeah it's yeah I don't know you know I'm I'm at a loss of words David how would you describe that that style you know um, it's it's um... I don't want to say gritty, but you can. There's there's a um, there's a presence to it, and it's and it it. You know, it's it's more noir like because mm-hmm. of all the blacks, but but with it, uh, it's got, it's got a pulp influence to it for sure. Yeah. So, it's you know I I love it. So you know Planet of the Apes, check it out. It's it's great stuff if you. Yeah, if you're interested in any of the apes movies or or Gabriel stuff, so it's it's good stuff. Right. Am so, I good? Am I good? Yes. Good. Have you read it? Have you read it, Vince? It's on order. It should be coming from DCBS in my next box. I could not go without number one getting another Hardman book, and it's Planet of the Apes. How can I not yeah. buy that? I couldn't wait. I had to. I had to run out to the comic shop and pick it up. And it's yeah. You. I mean, you can tell that that Gabriel and Karina have a, a big affinity. For, for the franchise because it's I mean it's it's just so spot on with um, with the especially the early movies just the the look and feel of it that I mean they they nail it it's it's really good if you're an apes fan you'll be really happy with this if you just like good comic illustration you got to get it because uh, our our friend mr. Hardman is one of the most exceptional artists out there yeah I I, I, I say that all the time. But it's true. I'm not. I'm not just giving him, you know, the, the the glad hands. It's it's the truth. He's a fantastic draftsman. Yes, he's good. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I what I was going to say. I mentioned. I mentioned Somni. Have you guys been reading Captain America and Bucky? No. Really? <laughs> no. Really? There, there, there are certain things, regardless of the artists on them, that I will not read. Uh, to be honest with you, I'm not going to follow Gabriel over to Secret Avengers because I. I just don't care about the characters. He could draw the most fantastic Avengers comic ever published, and I, if I have no affinity for the characters, I'm not going to buy it. Yeah, it's unfortunate, but, but well, yeah, I mean, you're not a big fan of like World War II stories and that kind of stuff. Not unless they're yeah. drawn by Joe Kubert. No. Okay. 
It's uh, David, Jeff. Have you either one of you guys been been uh, picking up the Captain America and Bucky comics? No, I haven't. I gotta say, no. I, I have them piled up. I haven't flipped through them. I really like Chris Sabney, but no, I haven't read that. Yeah, he's awesome. It, yes. If you're if Is you're that a fan Brubaker of Brubaker as well. Yeah, yeah. It's right. it's and uh, Andreco, and right? Mark, Mark Andreco. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So it's uh, yeah. If you're a fan of uh, of Chris's work or anything that uh, that Brubaker's done with with Cap, it's really worth worth the pickup. It's uh, it, it just kind of reaffirms that that Bucky is right now and and has been for what about four years now uh, a more interesting character than Cap. <laughs> yeah. I think- True. I I, yeah, I kind of lost yeah. interest too when uh, when he came back. I, I really liked. I was really into the Brubaker stuff when when Winter Soldier and then Bucky was Captain America. But then I kind of right. lost interest as well. I gotta say. Yeah, there there was there was kind of like this point where it's like, okay, I feel like the story, you know, the the redemption story is told. Yeah, and exactly. I can, yeah, it's it's like yeah, I'm I out. Uh, but you know, with the with the Captain America and Bucky, it's kind of just a just a good invaders story, and so it was a good place to to kind of jump back in with it. So cool. Oh, to, to, uh, to piggyback on on to that, um, who here has read the Fear itself seven point one issue? That's what I thought. Yeah. So, <laughs> the. Uh, <laughs> It's it's um, it's it's a real good standalone issue because if you did not read Fear itself, this still works. And if if uh, if you want to read Bucky, if you want to read Winter Soldier, then apparently next year there will be a series, a book by Ed Brubaker, beautifully illustrated. If one shot is is any indication by Butch Geist. And uh, and colors by uh, Betty Brightweiser, and it, it because Fear itself seven point one issue uh, basically sets this up, and um, and hey, one of now, the, now I'm I'm a little confused. Yes, is this is this point one? No, this is what happened. Is if, Marvel uh, is confusing the shit out? Yeah, yeah I, what, what the hell is this stuff? I, okay. I keep seeing all this point one stuff. I don't. Well, know the point the, the point ones are. I, Apparently the point ones like Uncanny X Force number five point one or yeah. Amazing Spider Man six fifty four point one, those are supposed to be jumping on points for that series. Unfortunately, I think some of the writers or some of the editors didn't get the memo because I haven't gotten up to the Uncanny X Force point one issue yet. But the um, the Amazing Spider Man six fifty four point one issue was the introduction of the new Venom. And then that sprung to the uh, that that led you to the Venom ongoing series. But some of the other point one issues, I haven't read too many of them, so I'm not sure if if they are jumping on points or because they were also done by different creative teams than the regular ongoing. Uh, there was an on there was a point one issue for one of the mutant books that I think Karen Gillan wrote, which I guess planted some seeds for when he took over the X books or, or, or one of the X books. So things are a little confusing with the point ones. I try not to think about them or talk about them because I don't know what's going on with them. But these are basically, um, according to the interview Matt Fraction had with John Suntress on Word Balloon, uh, Ed Brubaker wrote Fear Itself 7.1 because it is a Captain America and Bucky story. So it's not, it's not, it wasn't Fraction's story to tell. 
because he wrote the main fear itself. And he, Fraction will write the uh, the seven point, I think, two issue, which is about Iron Man. Basically, the three issues are about the three are, are about the the trilogy. The first one's about Captain America, or who was Captain America. The second one is about Iron Man. The third one's about Thor, and uh, because Thor died in the series, so this is basically ah, spoilers. Uh, dude, it's it's been out for a couple weeks now. So, um, spoilers. I, spoilers. I was going to read it. The, uh, the I wasn't going to read. it. I just have a page of art by the. So the uh, <laughs> the did did Emanen uh, draw it? Well, he drew. Well, no, he didn't draw the. He hasn't drawn any of the point issues. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm confused. You're losing me. Don't don't you I'm think confused. the the decimal places are a little silly instead of yes yeah. i do i'm yes, not I it's, it's basically it, it <laughs> i mean you can call it an aftermath you can call it an epilogue it's i guess they went with fear itself so that people who who were following the event can tie into it it's it it's kind of i'm not i don't i'm not getting hung up on the title or the numbering i just want a damn good story and and the 7.1 issue as far as the captain america story i haven't read the 7.2 which came out today that's a damn good story because it's and and like I said, it's it's Rubaker writing characters that that he's been looking after for a few years now. The art is fantastic. Geis is channeling some Kirby, some Steranko, some 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 John Bushima. I mean, the art is just is is stunning. But um, it just since Jeff was talking about being a fan of of having the spotlight on Bucky, we'll still be getting some stories featuring. Bucky coming into the uh, starting next year, but it was um, I know that the Fear Itself event kind of has a little bit of a stink to it, and people are trying to you know throwing holy water at it just to get away. But it's it's not this. I don't. I can talk about this one shot without having the the stink of Fear Itself on it. Uh, title aside, Shit, that's still pretty harsh, David. It's well, no, I'm not, not for me. I I have no problems with Fear Itself story. I, I I have no problem with the miniseries. I know you know people think it's it's you know worse than Hitler. I have no problem with this series, but apparently for those that are so offended by anything labeled Fear Itself, this one shot <laughs> is pretty damn good. Did you say worse than Hitler? That's hey, man, if, have you read some of the things people have written about Fear Itself? Frankenstein killed Hitler. He did. He did. He cut his head off. (laughs) You can't get more badass than that. Sorry, Tom. I killed Hitler. But, uh, you know, speaking of stereotypes, can I just... I got to validate this gangster rap posse because... Oh, oh, God. No, really. I don't want people thinking that it's just a... I was on it for 10 minutes. Did we lose, Jeff? Yeah, because the noise went away. I I hope not voluntarily. I hope he didn't bail out on purpose. Yeah, let's have him back in. It's like, I'm Let, not let's see what I can do. Gangster rap posse bullshit. We don't have gangsters or rap in Canada. <laughs> yeah, no black people in Canada. Well, hang on a second, please. <laughs> All right. No, it, it was the gangster rap posse, wasn't it? No, I don't know what happened. Well, we're we're glad to have you back, but no. At, at first glance, right, it may seem to the person, I don't want to say the untrained eye, but the average 
viewer that it's a white boy flinging around stereotypes about black people. You know, from from what he's picked up uh, from rap records or you know uh, the street, but it's it's not. There's a there's a subtlety to it because it reads like a tall tale, like as if Benjamin Mara is is a minstrel and he's regaling us with the the the, the adventures of these mythical godlike. Godlike. No, real. They are like gods in this book because the women. You know, in, in even like in the sex scenes, they'll they'll come up to the women, and the women just melt. Like they just give themselves over to these these people. And th- there's a, there's a part where they they've, they're done with their their rap concert for these executives, and they take the wives of the bigwigs, and and all the the bigwigs, they look like they're balding, <laughs> and they're like out of shape. They take their wives into the bathrooms. And and the wives just like oh my god they give themselves over to these these you, god you, godly you have you have done such an amazing job of making me never want to read this comic <laughs> but no that's the thing they, it, it, it's it, they're like the Paul Bunyans of the project these are tall tales and like I said you've done an amazing job of making me never want to read this comic oh it's so I, good I never though want to come on the show again I don't know about you <laughs> <laughs> but if when you look at the art. Did he? Did we lose? Oh, he's there. When you look so at the you art, for much longer, <laughs> you lost me. I'm sorry. You, you look at the art, and it looks like an untrained artist. There are little, not very subtle. There are gaps. There are gaps in anatomy. Like he'll draw hands really small in one yeah. panel, or he'll draw arms like way out of proportion. Some people's heads are like way too big for their for their awesome. bodies. No, but. <laughs> You see, here's the thing. Benjamin Mara had work in a book published by the Art Directors Club. I mean, you just don't get into a book by the Art Directors Club being an untrained artist. That's why I think this is a ruse. And I've said this before. The, 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 okay, screw-ups are intentional. He wants you to think right. that there's uh, a, there's a, almost like a Neo, like a, Jim Rugg will do that. Uh, right, right. Exactly. And, and, and it, it's like a, an outsider artist, like an untrained, self-taught outsider artist thinking that he's going to do a comic. He sits down, he perpetuates all these stereotypes, gets the work down. But when you look at the sequential art, it's not, there's nothing left to chance. He is really good at sequentials. He manipulates the camera angles like a master and he, he, through that he sucks you into the story it almost gets to the point where you lose track of the fact that you're reading a comic book and you are experiencing this story the 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 manipulation of the reader is i don't know many guys that can do it like benjamin mara and and if you read the robot six interview that's part of what the the interviewer says he says you know to anyone it looks like a kid but when you really get into it you're you're pretty damn you know facile with or not facile uh you're pretty damn good with the with the sequentials. You you know how to speak in comics, and that's what I want to get at. It's it's a trick. It, it's a it's a guy tricking us to think that he's one thing, but he's very sly. It's not. It, it's it's not being played straight. It's being it, it it's it's amazing. Just get it. Uh, you go to the website, yeah. and uh, I'll give you the website. It's in the back here. Uh, TraditionalComics.com. Very simple. Traditional comics, one word, dot com. It's three bucks, and I'm telling you, you'll enjoy it. Because it's foul, but it's really well made. 
Well-made comics. David likes it, Chris, so fooey on you. That's right. <laughs> okay. All right, Jeff. I mean, the gangster rap boss, I mean, I, I don't know, because we had more issues of night, of, 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 of night business. Night business, we, yeah. There was, there was more to it, because there was only one issue until mm-hmm. now of 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 uh of grp so i do i, I will be ordering the second issue because i want to continue you the story. should but i mean it's i mean he's had he also had work published in strange tales by yes Marvel. he did yes so, he did. i mean he's not he's he's his work is out there and it's he's it's, sly he's sly he, yeah it's yeah. so but he's just it's it's no different than, than no a, different than uh, gary panner yeah, or just just any of those eighties. Only, only not as accomplished. Yeah. yeah. All right, Jeff. What else you been reading there, buddy? Um, that's a good question. What I've been you, reading. Uh, <laughs> you stumped me. I don't know, man. I've been right. reading the Alan Moore stuff for two weeks, and my memory isn't going back for this. I have no time to read. He's been writing and drawing everything. I have a question for you regards to the new Fifty Two. Has DC clued you in? On the eventual collected editions of your work, will yeah, they? Yeah, that came out today. They announced that today, actually. Oh, they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, po- the, I posted uh... it on the forum, dude. Oh, I'm sorry, I was too busy today. So, are we going to get hardcovers first, trades not, later? Not of everything, just certain ones. Oh, um, yeah, it's, I think it's on their blog, but it starts in May. They're kind <laughs> of splitting it. November. Yeah, they're splitting it up into four months, sort of. Uh, Animal Man's the in May, and that's a that's not a hardcover. Oh, how stupid! Um, Frankenstein's in June, and that's not a hardcover. Oh, you're killing me! Um, oh, well, where's the logic? What is a hardcover then? Justice League. Oh, are you ki- really? Batman. Yeah, it's like okay. the, bigger, the bigger name character. I'll give it to Batman. That deserves Bat- a hardcover. Batman books and uh, Batman Detective, Batwoman. Interaction. Right. All right. You know it's. Sort of the higher. Omac. Omac is a hardcover. No, Omac. Omac is a uh, Omac is a trade, but it's like fifteen bucks for six issues. Um, DC Universe presents collects issues one through eight. So whatever Bernard Chang does, nice. um, Whenever, whenever, when, when his arc, the Dead Man arc, is done with issue five, I guess uh, six, seven, and eight will be done by Dan DiDio and Jerry Ordway. Oh, very good. Because they're listed as the uh, as as writer and artist on on that trade. But some of the um, the flashes issues one through seven. So I mean, they're not all strict five or six issue trades. They're, that's good. Whatever the first arc is. So yeah, whatever the so. story demands, that's how you right. should write it. But I was so hoping for a, a Frankenstein hardcover. That would be awesome. Yeah, I wish I wish everything. Got Fucking hardcover. Aquaman's getting a hardcover. Jesus. Oh no, Jesus! Well, well come on, that's a stroke I mean, for John's. Yeah. We yes. all know who would win in a fight between Frankenstein and Aquaman. Yeah. It's Herm. Mara. Indeed. Herm, yes. I love the Herm. Jeff, you know, I have to take issue with some of the criticism online for Frankenstein, how they compare it to Hellboy. And I got to admit, some of it is is a little close, but... Hey, it's... it's no. It's very... It's... it's also, cre- it's very it's very BPRD, but that's it what is, I but like the, about it. The creature commandos predate BPRD. Sure, they sure do. So yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna. I don't know. What do, what do you want me to say? I mean, I, I, I honestly, God, I've never really read much Hellboy. I mean, I know what it is and stuff. But right. I want I you to say it's silly. The uh, creature commandos. That's, that was my main goal when I did it. it was nothing to do with Hellboy, but yeah. you, you know, um, you know what? You whatever. Know what, People what are gonna I, compare uh, everything to something they're familiar with. It doesn't really bother me. 
Good. You know what one of my one of my prized possessions is? It is a, a five by seven um, painted Hellboy from Jeffelmere. <laughs> I, I don't remember doing that. So. <laughs> you sent it to me. You sent it to me as a uh, as a present, and uh, I think it's very it's, nice uh, of me. It was very nice of it you. Was, I have a Ben Boxer and a Commandy. See, I yeah, remember doing that one. Kevin Matchstick and a Hunter Bros. Grendel. Okay, I do remember doing those. Nice. Things. Yeah. Uh, and um, and thank you so much for dumping Medusa. Yeah, come on. What's <laughs> that about? Fifth Wheel. Get out well, of here. She was I mean, useless. There are all these classic, you know, universal horror archetypes in Medusa. Like how right. <laughs> Medusa. They were just desperately trying to have a female character in there. I know. And I, I love Nina. I, yeah, I think she's, she's, she's the she's the linchpin. She's the 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 uh, the glue that holds it all together. Um, I, I know the answer to this, but obviously we'll be exploring her a lot more as the series progresses. No. Oh no! You're not going to kill her <laughs> off, are you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I really like her. I I, I want to explore all the characters. You know, kind of give them all their their moment over time. But um, it's a pretty big cast, so it's hard to do it. You know, all in the first few issues. So I, I kind of focused on her a bit in the second issue, and then each each of the members will kind of get their their spotlight. You oh, know, that, that had to be one of the um, one of the best things and worst things about about the whole new 52 because I, I i know that you had a lot of plans for superboy and a lot of things that you wanted to do with that series and it just it it just wasn't gonna it wasn't gonna be able to work i, I guess i gotta say i honestly didn't have much more than what was published i was gonna probably leave the book yeah. after yeah i was probably gonna leave that book after a few more issues anyway because okay. i had kind of kind of run out of what i wanted to do with the character and um, was hoping to get on to books more like the ones I'm writing now. Actually, you know, well, so it was uh, all right. Good. Well, thank, you, of, th- thank you. Thank you for throwing poison ivy in there. For me, it uh, it worked out, but I know some people, you know, got stuff cut short. It was disappointing for them. But yeah, I mean, there there's there's no easy way to kind of like rip the bandaid off. Um, and, and and there had to be there had to be a lot of folks that's, that that were kind of caught mid story, but. Did, did you find it um, pretty refreshing to to be able to say, okay, we're you know we're starting brand new, and we just get a you know get right on the launch pad and 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 go with this because it's it seems like that's what you've done with 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 Frank and Animal Man. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, like I said. I mean, I know some people had some growing pains with it and stuff, but for me, it really worked out quite well because I wanted to get on books like these anyway of stuff that was a bit edgier and um, and it was such a great like Animal Man's history is so convoluted with all the different writers who have done it for sure. Vertigo and stuff that it was a perfect opportunity to kind of boil it down and, and pick and choose and simplify stuff and, and represent it again so yeah. it really did work out well for me I gotta say and even with Frankenstein I felt like the mini series I did with Flashpoint was okay and had good moments in it but there was stuff I wish I could have get another crack at so it was almost like a second <laughs> a mulligan you know to, to relaunch it again having you know, you know the, the the flashpoint stuff was fun and i like the uh i really like it was a three issue series right yeah i i really liked the first two and then like a lot of the flashpoint series it seemed like the the third issue was just it, it's like okay you know you kind of have to throw the brakes on and and get it to fit into into what's yeah, exactly. going on. It's, you're kind of limited by what it is, you know. Yeah. You, you know, you can have some fun the first couple of issues and kind of go nuts, and then you kind of have to 
kind of shoehorn it back into the. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I felt, you know, like uh, Azarillo and and Rizzo's um, Batman story was awesome. Yeah, and then, great. And, then, and then that third issue, it, you know, it was good, but it, you know, it really felt like they just kind of had to throw the you know the anchor out of the yeah. car, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it was. Wanted, it was you know? Yeah, it, it's like, a lot of fun though to re- to compare the the Frankenstein and the Creatures of the Unknown miniseries with what you're doing now, because the characters aren't really the same between the the two series. Like, uh, especially Warren. Yeah, uh, he's the Warren, biggest difference. But yeah, uh, he was not to beast- say that he won't become similar to that. <laughs> oh, okay. And and with uh, Doctor Magursky, she had the process applied to her. Yeah, on, she had the biggest sort of. Twist, yeah, you know? in in the in the mini, and then now in this one, she did it herself, which is a neat twist. Yeah. Because you know she it shows you she she has the initiative. She takes the the bull by the horns, and and uh, she's responsible for the whole. Uh, the the monster squad really i mean yeah plus i got to do a lot more with shade in the ongoing that i didn't have a chance to really do in the miniseries well you only had three issues yeah exactly yeah i mean it it really was kind of like a uh an an appetizer to uh to, to what you're doing now it's it's uh you know, not not even you know it's different universes almost um you yeah. know i'm still trying to figure out the you know the 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 flashpoint to what they're doing now and, and I just kind of had to you know say okay well you know just forget about it and and just yeah. jump into this series and and you know that was just kind of just a, just a little taste of what you're going to get now and 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 jump into the in, into the main course but uh, you know uh, one thing that I you know, and I and I uh, I know that we were we told you this, that this wasn't going to be an interview show. But something, something I've always wanted to kind of ask you is in regards to to your artistic style because I mean, I mean you're pretty you're pretty unique in uh, in, in comics and in, in your art style. It's like whenever you see you know Jeff Lemire's stuff, you know that it's 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 your style. Um, do, do you ever um, whenever you're writing for 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 mainstream comics, I always um, I always find it hard for me to um, kind of break apart Jeff Lemire artist from Jeff Lemire writer. It's why why are those two people so different? Because um, I think a lot of the writing gets done when you're drawing. You know, I mean, it's mm-hmm. from on Sweet Tooth and stuff, a lot of the writing is done in the way that I draw something, and I I don't have that. I lose that element of the storytelling process when I'm writing for someone else. So you have to kind of adapt to the artists that you do have and I so it is a totally different thing but I feel like with these two new books I've gotten a much better handle on that than I'd had maybe in Superboy and um, and stuff like that where I have artists that I really admire and trust and whose styles I really like so I kind of yeah. I, I kind of let go of the visual aspect of things whereas when I was doing Superboy I think I was doing a lot of thumbnails and layouts and stuff still you know still trying to control things even though I couldn't really control it and and I think as a result, some stuff came across kind of stiff, you know. Whereas now, I just focus on the writing stuff and, and let all the visual stuff fall. Yeah, apart, it's you know? it's pretty. You know, I was I was I was actually flipping through the uh, the Dark Horse Noir um, book before, you know, before tonight, and uh, and I started kind of like comparing you to to David Latham in 
in a few different ways because it's I, I love his artistic style and I love straight bullets and and the stuff that he's done, but then he's a pretty damn good writer on his own with with other artists. It it just has to be such a uh, um, you know I I imagine that it has to be a discipline to separate yourself from from the art whenever you're writing whenever you came up as kind of an auteur that way. Yeah, I think that's was my biggest problem on some of the earlier DC stuff was that I, I still was learning how to separate the two things. And um, I think now, especially on these two books, I finally kind of found my voice as yeah. a writer. And, yeah. and then I have my separate voice as a cartoonist. And they really are two different ways of, of telling stories and doing comics. So it took me a while to learn learn how to do that. But I think, well, I think now that, you know, I, I really think Animal Man and Frankenstein or a big step up for me from my previous stuff. And it's because I've been able to do that. Well, it's, it's weird because, like, uh, Frankenstein, which I love, has a completely different voice than Sweet Tooth. And, I, and uh, you know, Sweet Tooth is very much you. And it's... But but to read the two, it's... It, I think it would be, you know, if you just, like, you know, gave person on the street, you know, did, did the same person write these? I don't know if they would say... That, that they did, and that's 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 very neat to me. Well, yeah, I mean, I think Animal Man has a similar tone to Sweet Tooth in some ways. But, yeah, um, yeah. I think Frankenstein. The, the whole reason for me doing a book like Frankenstein was just to have a release and do something that was like 180 degrees from Sweet Tooth oh, it's, and Animal Man. Yeah. You know, yeah, where I could nutty. just kind of have fun <laughs> and do big fun things and, mm-hmm. and kind of well, when, exercise a different muscle. You know, when you look at it, uh, your work pre new 52 and post there's a really blatant demarcation between the stuff that you write for yourself and the stuff that you write for others if you notice like the nobody you let the images in most of that book tell the story there's not a lot of exposition there's not a lot of you know caption boxes but when we get into animal man and frankenstein you you write those books because you're not doing the drawing so it they're more wordy there's more dialogue there's more uh text boxes and i and i think you you were trying to pick up some of the fact that you're not in charge of the visuals with the words yeah by, exactly. by using you, you have to compensate things you could do things i can communicate with a drawing or a facial expression or something i can't so i have to yeah. Like you said, I have to use words. Or, or and I think that's where the the voice change comes from. Where whereas your your line used to do it before, and now your words do it. Yeah, Which, exactly. Yeah, two sides of the same coin. But uh, Chris is right. There there is a very obvious voice change. But it's it's all awesome. I mean, yeah. y- if you put Frankenstein next to the Nobody, they're both great books. It's just that they they sound a little different, which is cool. Good. Yeah, I, I. Yeah, it's hard for me to comment on that. <laughs> it's my. I'm so close to the stuff. I don't see it the same way you guys do. So. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it's you know, it's um, you know, it's something where you see, uh, so, some writers, which you know, I, I I won't mention. It's whenever you read their stuff, you know, it's theirs. It's you know, it's and it's kind of the the same with an artistic style. It's like whenever you see someone that that you know, you know, it's their work, and that can be a good thing. But uh, but then there you know there are some artists that uh, you know I mentioned Jim Rugg a little bit earlier. It's you know Jim can do you know four or five different styles and and it, with without you know without you know breaking 
you know, a, a sweat and you, and you never, you know, you never notice it. And, and for a writer to, to jump from different styles and different voices, that's, that, that's impressive. And, uh, you know, so it's, it's neat to, it's neat to see you be able to do that. Yeah, I think a lot of doing uh, the mainstream comic stuff or whatever you want to call it, different characters and stuff for DC is that you have to be a bit more versatile and flexible and stuff. Whereas when you're doing your creator own stuff, it really is just your voice, your thing. So you know. Yeah. Well, you think that's been one of the one of the neat things about uh, about the the DC fifty two is that you know they are bringing in a lot of different genre fiction. They're, yeah, that's they're my all, favorite part. You know, it's. You know, uh, it's really fun. I, I think I don't know what your favorite books are. I haven't listened to your show in a while. I'll be honest, but uh, that's okay. I, uh, <laughs> I, don't I have read Sweet Tooth in like six months. Okay. Oh, you don't hit back, Christopher. <laughs> I'm waiting for the fourth trade. Oh. <laughs> trade. Um, yeah, but I, from like like you said, the, some a lot of the genre stuffs my favorite stuff. Like uh, All Star Western is, I think, one of my all absolute favorites of all oh, fifty two. Yeah, uh, me too. You know. It's just cool that a book like that can can be kind of launched the same time as all the new Batman stuff and everything. It's great. Palmiotti and Gray kind of boggle my mind because if they have the ability to kick out something so good like All Star Western, and then you would think that that ability would transfer over to their other works. But I I gotta say I like Battle for Bloodhaven. I thought that was a Oh. A, a stinking pilot poop. Well, that, I mean, that, I didn't like not, it at that's all. That's not fair. That's not fair. That's not fair because that was that was part of a, part of an event, and but you still have to write it. Well, yeah, right? yeah, you still that, bring. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's it's it's. Ask Will about you know Amazon Amazon's attack. You know, I I gotta say you know it's it's I can't see. I gotta be careful what I say. But sure, sure. Sometimes when there are certain circumstances where. Like I'm sure, like that Bloodhaven thing, where the editorial mandates and, and interference and stuff is so heavy because it's part of a bigger event. That whatever your original intention on something was, by the end of it, it just it just gets so buried in something else, and it's, it's not always the writer's fault. I guess is what I'm saying. Whereas yeah. I think on uh, Jonah Hex stuff that they've always done, they just they're kind of left alone just to do their thing a lot more. You know, hands off policy. Yeah. yeah. Well, you you got to do some Jonah Hex. It was a yeah, that issue. Was, that was a real thrill yeah. to do. That, that was a great issue. Issue sixty nine. Yeah, it was the second last Wait. one. It was. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, I, I really wanted to do that character, and um, I pretty much had to beg Dio to let me <laughs> draw it, but uh, it really worked out, and um, I'm, I'm really glad I got to be a part of that run because I think it's a great run. It was 70 issues. Oh, yeah. R- really high quality from, from number one to 70. And oh, some, yeah. Obviously, some incredible artists on the book, you know, like uh, Darwin and J.H. Williams and those guys who. Oh, God. Uh, R- R- Rizzo did. Oh, yeah, and, did, and just, did, you know, Jordy Benet. And, and, Jordy Benet. Oh, yeah, yeah, all those what, guys. What, what is it about that character that, that, that attracts artists to want to draw him? I don't know. That's a good question. It, there, it's a very iconic character, you know. It's like Batman or something like you. That scar on his face is such an iconic, immediate thing. That uh, I mean, plus it's just he's a badass cowboy, and you don't get a chance to draw that much anymore in comics. <laughs> There's no. Do you? Um, I know there are a lot of artists that hate drawing horses. Is that yeah, they suck. That... Yeah. <laughs> 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 they are hard. They're weird looking, fucking things. 
<laughs> you, you have to draw a lot of horses. There's a lot of horses in Sweet Tooth, and yeah. And but then I got rid of them at, like after the first trade. No more horses. <laughs> going, That's great. I'm getting rid of these fucking horses. Yeah, Fuck the thing. horses. Tired of drawing horses. <laughs> that can be on my gravestone. Fuck horses. <laughs> That's I, awesome. Not well, that he fucked horses. Depending on where you're right, yeah. Depending on where you're Don't buried, screw it up. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you gotta be careful. Put the commas <laughs> in the right place. Uh, <laughs> that's that's but, awesome. Jeff, we're over an hour. Can you stick around or I should go soon. I uh okay. okay. But you know, I can stick around for a few more minutes. As long as we gotta talk about that rap comic again. <laughs> <laughs> check check that out. It's good stuff. Yeah, okay, I'm right on that, Vince. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised that wasn't one of the new fifty two on that you know. Oh, wouldn't that be great? Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, New York Comic Con pissed me off this year because oh, no. I, I saw you for like two seconds and like tried to catch up with you, and I'm I convinced that that, that you saw me and and used the crowd to avoid me. I and did. I, I, oh, I, nice move. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would have done yeah. that too. Yeah. yeah. That <laughs> con is crazy. Have you guys all gone to that one? Oh, have mm-hmm. you been there? Yep. Oh my god, every year it gets so busy, it's like you can't even walk through the thing anymore. I, put it I tried, in a building or something, I don't know. I tried for three days to, to see you, and I literally saw the back of your head. It's like, there's Lemire, I'm going to go get him. And then I watched you in the crowd, and it was over. I was so sad. Yeah, I was really crushed by it too, Chris. I know. <laughs> I know you were. That's a, you, you got home. It's like, I didn't see Chris. It was terrible. Yeah, I had that little checklist, and there was that one gaping unchecked item yep 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 con fail so it was you know it was good for you uh it, it was good to to see you spending some time at uh at top shelf though yeah of course i mean uh i have a new top shelf book coming out next year so i'm 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 still part of the family you know i mean the dc stuff mm-hmm. saves the bells but uh chris and those guys are are my family really you know so i gotta I'll always do books with them as long as I can, you know. It just might take a little longer between them than it used to. <laughs> sure. It's like like you and uh and uh um Jeffrey Brown. And, you know, it's probably a lot the same. Which do you guys um do you guys still have the hockey bets and, and all that kind of stuff? Uh I haven't talked to Jeffrey, you know, I haven't seen him at a show, but uh yeah, he's a Red Wings fan, so there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of tension between us. That's because uh, you're a Leafs fan. Yeah. And and he's right. and uh you know I'm uh, I'm not a diehard Blackhawks fan, but I, li- I do live in Chicago. So now I I am a fan of uh, of original six teams winning the Stanley Cup, which we're starting to get a string of those together with uh, you know with the Bruins and, yep. and and the Blackhawks now. So are you a believer that the original six teams should uh, should continually just kind of pass the cup around? Um, that would be nice, but I don't think it's going to happen because that would require the Maple Leafs to win it, and that's never. Gonna happen. <laughs> that's. You don't think the Leafs are ever going to win? <sighs> Probably not in my lifetime. It's that bad up there. Yeah. I thought <laughs> they weren't that far away. They've gotten close a few times, but yeah, no, I, I, it's dismal. Oh. <laughs> that uh. that is that is a defeated fan, people, right there. Yeah. That is a defeated fan. Look at Chris <laughs> talking to the audience. He almost never does that. <laughs> All three of them. That's right. I feel bad for you. I like it. The audience is awesome. 
Wow, I'm, I'm I'm just I'm still taken aback by how down on his hockey team because uh, he usually talks so much shit this time of year. Yeah, and they're actually they're having their best season in a long time, and I'm still very pessimistic. <laughs> that, that's sad. That's sad, my friend. I know. All right, one more question about the new fifty-two. With you being an insider <laughs> and in the, in the know kind of guys, just sure. humor me. What on, are you, you said? You said at the board. Don't what you? are on. our chances of getting a commandy book? I've heard, uh, I don't know anything specific, but I've heard a couple of rumblings about that. So, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's I would a beloved love to do book. It, to be honest. Yeah. But oh, it's yeah. Too close to, it's just too close to Sweet Tooth. I don't know what else I'd have to say with that kind of a world, you know, at that point. So, can, but, we, get uh, Ryan, can we get Ryan Suck to draw it? Yeah, I doubt it because he can't even. Yeah, that would be yeah, that'd be an awesome issue and a half. Yeah, I like Ryan Sook's uh, art, but I, I he's and fantastic. He, he's yeah, he's great, incredible. but yeah. I don't think he's, he's right. Monthly, but, yeah. yeah, if they made the book quarterly or or have Commandy as a lead-in story and then an anthology type book every four months, then three months that would that would work. But just give it to Giffen. Give it to Giffen, and it'll get done. No, because I think, I, uh, I, I want Omac to go on forever. He could do both. Dude can do two but books a month. But he's also doing Superman, dude. So you he know. could do three. He called me on three. the phone yesterday. That oh, was really? Cool. Yeah. How cool is that? Very he, cool. Uh, yeah, no kidding. He's uh, we're doing an Omac Frankenstein crossover thing. So he yeah, that. <laughs> oh, and the, the covers cool. are awesome. Yeah, yeah, I, that was all. His that idea is there. so good. <laughs> They turn out really good, you know. I, I'm I'm very skeptical whenever someone approaches me about crossing over and stuff. But uh, when Didio asked me to do it, I'll, I'll admit I was a bit skeptical. <laughs> but uh, it actually, the both issues turned out really fun, so I'm I'm pretty happy with. Them. You know, you know, t- talking about you know hitting those monthly schedules. You are you're writing uh, Frank. You're writing. Um, Animal Man, and you're writing and drawing Sweet Tooth. That's that's pretty much your your monthly schedule now, right? Yeah, it's intense. That's that's. I mean, you're you're writing three comics and drawing one of them. Yeah, and I that's was doing cool. a graphic novel as well for the last year that I just finished. It's somewhere in between. Ah, uh, yes. Stuff. What yeah. what is your what is your day like, man? Uh, you know, it's not. I don't work crazy hours. I I work like seven to four Monday to Friday. That's it. You know, I don't okay. work weekends, you know. Mm-hmm. Just very focused when I do work and very well organized, I guess. You have to be to juggle stuff. But, um, you know, one of those DC scripts takes about five minutes to write, so no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I mean, I mean, do you, do you, um, it, it's always interesting to me. Do you break it up as like, you know, Monday is Animal Man Day? No, and- like Monday to Friday, the bulk of my day is always drawing because that takes okay. so long. Sure, writing, sure. you know, and then writing gets done. It just seems to get done, um, you know, weekends, nights, and stuff. Just here and there, I get, you know, over the course of the month, you get your. So, issues you, so done. you do, so you do work weekends and nights. It's yeah, but like you know, just an hour here and there when my son's sleeping or something. Like not, okay. I don't, you know, I uh, and I usually write issues of Frankenstein Animal Man in big batches. Like I'll take a week off and write like two issues of each or something, you know, like okay, that. okay, you know? that's and, awesome, and, and then get ahead so I can just. So I can just spend the next three weeks just drawing and not having to worry. You know, that's kind of how I seem to be doing it anyway. I, you know, I, I, another thing that that inter- you know, it's like it's it's like having different kids. You know, and you have to give attention to all of them. Uh, but there, are, you know, obviously there's going to be times that you know I can imagine that. 
there's an arc of Sweet Tooth that you really are just passionate about and you're pouring yourself into, and then there's an arc of Animal Man that that is, is really resonating, and then you know how, and then Frank, it, how do you how do you keep the passion for all of those going? It's, it's like what I kind of what's been working on this stuff is that I um, what I try to do is get so far ahead on all the stuff that I have time to not work on something when I'm not into it. You know what I mean? Okay. So like yeah. I, I kind of wait until I have I, I afford myself the time to wait until I'm really inspired by a Frankenstein idea or something, and then I'll just take two days off and write an issue of Frankenstein. Or okay. and then when I'm not into those books or when I'm not feeling inspired, I have that leeway to kind of just put it aside for a couple weeks. You know so. Um, the, the hardest part is at the beginning of all when I was launching both Frankenstein and Animal Man and and still doing Sweet Tooth where I had to I had to get the first three four issues of each done so that I could get into that comfortable spot that was an intense couple months but now I'm you know I'm a couple months ahead of what my deadlines are so that I can afford yeah. to kind of pick and choose based on what I'm feeling you know is is that is that a time to walk away from a title whenever you can't get you know, like really excited about it again. You know, I imagine there, there, there's gonna come a point with Animal Man or or Frankenstein where where you might just, you know, it's like okay, well, kind of what you said about about Superboy. It's like I've, you know, I've done what I what I wanted to do with this character. Yeah, totally. I mean, um, I mean, I'll be honest. I haven't written a lot of stuff that the runs have been that long yet, where I've gotten to that point. You know, like Sweet Tooth's not at that point yet. There are days where I'm kind of burnt out on Sweet Tooth, but it's still there's so much left to do on that. And then, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, Frankenstein is still new, so they're still really fun. But there are Superboy. I was kind of feeling like I had. I mean, that's not a character that I was passionate about, like I am with Animal Man or something, where I had just tons of ideas and things. I had to like force it, you know. And I felt there was a point where I'd used up all the ideas I had, and I kind of it was time to move on there. So, and I think. I don't know if I should say this, but at one point they, I was originally supposed to do the relaunch of Superboy too. Where I was kind of expected that I would do it. This is really early on, and I just basically I you know I, that book was only eleven issues old, and I had just done Superboy number one like less than a year before, and it was kind of like mm-hmm. I mean I don't really have another Superboy number one in me. You know that was it. <laughs> so, that was definitely time to to get off that book. You know? Sure. Well, you know, you know, and you mentioned, you know, Sweet Tooth. Sometimes, you know, it can be a grind, I guess. But that that book, to its credit, still feels really new to me. It's like the journey is just kind of starting, and it's. I think that's a that's a really good a good place to be because um, it, it it still is very exciting to me. Yeah, I, I mean, I say it. it's a grind some days. You just. You have to oh, sure. for, for me, drawing the book every single day for eight hours a day, you know, there there are certain days where you just you just don't want to draw. These goddamn much. antlers, not again. Uh, yeah, basically. <laughs> but I mean, for the most part, when I'm doing stuff like Sweet Tooth or my top shelf stuff, I never really reach that point where I'm not into it because. I mean, it's yeah. it's also personal to me that it's hard not to be into it. You know? But that's you know, it, it's it's a neat epic tale, and and it feels it feels like you know, like Gus is. You know he's into he's into the the journey, but it still feels like there's a long way to go. And yeah, that's... I mean, I'm ahead of what's been published too. So I mean, for mm-hmm. we're really at the halfway point as far as what's been published. So it really is pretty. Still got a lot to go. 
Yeah, you know what what issue is it on? It's um uh, twenty six seven, just twenty seven came out. This okay. Month. Okay. And so you know, thirty one or something, so Okay, and it's it's still got a ways to go though though, right? Yeah, I mean it's gonna go probably close to fifty, so Ah. Okay. I don't want it to be I don't want it to end that soon. Yeah, I've already been working on my <laughs> next vertigo book, so you gotta ah. you have to think ahead I <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, if you're when you're a Vertigo founder, you have to do that kind of stuff. Yeah, when it was like, when did I found Vertigo? Me and Scott Snyder, we were like eleven. <laughs> do you think that Karen Berger somewhere was just like, fuck? Yeah, she was not happy. About it. I'm sure. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> do we need to let this man go? I think we do. Yeah, sorry guys, I gotta go. Okay, Jeff, thank you so much, man. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. It was fun. I haven't talked to you all in quite a while, so I'm yes. really glad Jason Wood wasn't here because okay, he's a fucking asshole. Damn. <laughs> nice. I'm gonna Stop. email you the link to the gangster rap posse. So. Oh yeah, you sure. Can... <laughs> <laughs> Damn. For Rizzle. Thanks, thanks, thanks for being here, Jeff. Hey, come, we come we to love Chicago you. Chicago in April, dude. Um. We'll see. I, Come uh, on. Next year, that, I'm not traveling much, so we'll, we'll see how it goes. That's a that that sounded like a denial, non-denial to me. Yeah, no, I won't be there. I'm I'm not gonna lie to you. I I think I'm going to Spain in May, so <laughs> you lose you lose Chicago. Bastard. Yeah. <laughs> Spain wins. Well, we'll Spain catch wins. up with another one, man. Yeah, for thanks, sure, Jeff. Guys. All right. Okay. Good, take it easy. Man. Wow, he's great. He's awesome. Didn't seem too keen on the gangster rap posse, which boggles my freaking mind. Whatever. Um, it does. I got a book. Good. Yeah. It's, a, it's you know, I, I'm not too familiar with uh, Xenoscope's product other than I paged through their, like, the Grim Fairy Tales thing and the, the, uh, other, the, the other books that they do. And I never really found anything... I'll be honest. I, I nothing captured my interest enough for me to buy it until recently. Uh, the the premise of this book is really cool. It's an anthology, I'm assuming, and and each issue takes place in a theater, and that's the book. That's the name of the book, The Theater by Xenoscope. First issue was three ninety nine, written by Raven Gregory. I've heard that name, Danny DeBach. Yeah, oh, I've heard it's Raven? it. Raven. Really? Raven, Greg, Raven well, Gregory, yes. Who else is going to write it? Uh, pencils <laughs> by Martin Montiel and Novo Malgado. Malgado, Malgado. Uh, covers by Michael Garcia. Colors by Michael Garcia. Crank did the lettering. Um, oh, Crank did? Is yeah, there it, a book Crank is not attached to in some way, shape, or form? Hey, guys got to eat. Crank, but crank is I have everything. everything. That's awesome. He, seriously, yeah. yeah. But the premise is really cool. It's a theater, and there's a framing sequence before and after this issue-long story of a couple that goes to the theater. Uh, the dude loves horror films. The wife or the girlfriend, whoever she is, the significant other, goes to the theater with him just to placate him. Yeah, I'll go see your, your horror movies. And the contents, the bulk of the contents of the first issue is the movie being shown on screen. That's pretty cool. I like that. She, you know, shades of uh popcorn the movie and and uh other horror anthologies, but the the meat 
of this story is called The Change. And uh, it, uh, it was penciled by M- Martin Montiel. It, it's really neat. The, uh, it's a future story. 2025, I think it takes place in. Zombie plague ravages the landscape. The United States is thrown into chaos. But unlike, you know, Walking Dead and other zombie stories, we manage to get the upper hand and get the zombie plague under control. Um, obviously, in a situation like that, security and uh, self-preservation is the uh, number one priority. So the, the government puts into play these checks and balances where they kind of ensure that the zombie outbreak doesn't uh you know uh, rise again there are uh, roving bands of of uh armed forces patrolling the land looking for you know walkers and stuff and in the midst of all this we have a guy and his son and uh appears that the man's wife met an untimely end at the hand of a zombie so he's trying to raise this this little boy uh to my estimation maybe 10 years old around there um admit uh, in the midst of this ravaged landscape i mean the united states looks nothing like it does now burned out buildings and boarded up windows it, it's a po- post-apocalyptic zombie ridden well not zombie ridden but at one time zombie ridden landscape i mean the the after effects of uh, a zombie plague are apparent you know people had to board up their windows they had to put gates up they had to put uh you what do the, they call those sticks that they they plunge into the ground in the pits like uh what do they call them punji sticks or whatever you know just to keep the, the the zombies off their property but they've cleaned it up and life is starting bungee to sticks. get bungee sticks life is starting to get back to normal give or take um i guess the uh the monetary system has been done away with and it's all uh trading and bartering you know, there's one part where uh, the kid uh, narrates the book, and he, uh, he says, Dad told me there was a time when people used to trade green paper in order to buy things, which seems pretty silly to me. Like, they, they bring eggs and bread to this uh, local store in exchange for other goods. And life is basically old-time, little house on the prairie, uh, self-sustaining farming and cultivating and hunting and you know just trying to get by every day I, from what I could tell there's no um, there's no regular jobs to go to because the country's been thrown into chaos but so we, now we have all the zombies are are gone so we think and this man is trying to instill a, a sense of right and wrong into his son and raise him the right way and I gotta say I wish my kids were half as polite as this boy. I think his name's David. His name is David. Uh, yes, sir. No, sir. His father tells him to do something. He does it willingly. He doesn't put up a stink. I mean, he works. It's, it's farm hours. You get up from the morning and you plan your day and you, you, um, try and, um, find and, you know, uh, get food for yourself to sustain your life. I mean, it's, it's, it's little house on the prairie, really. And in the midst of all this, the kid is, he spots a rabbit. And he says, okay, dad, I guess I know what we're having for dinner. And the kid goes after the rabbit. But when he does, he gets accosted by a zombie, which are all supposed to be gone, but obviously not. And in the skirmish, the father gets bitten. 
Not a good thing, right? Because we all know what happens when you get bit by a zombie. Uh, the, the father and the son dig a pit, bury the zombie, because if the authorities get wind of it, the shit's going to hit the fan. And uh, the dad tries to, to carve away the bite and, and disinfect it, but it doesn't work. And he pretty much resigns himself to the fact that he's going to turn into a zombie. And he tries to impart all of his knowledge and his hard-won life lessons into the kid in the little time that he has less. But he knows he's going to turn into a zombie. And there's a point where he tells the kid, you know, chain me, uh, tie me to the chair. My time is up. You know what's going to happen. And the kid tries to live his life as if nothing was wrong. He 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 keeps up the ruse with the, the, the townsfolk, and they keep asking for his father. But... I'm not going to give it away, but it does. There is an ending, but it's it's left kind of sort of open-ended. I mean, the kid's got to do something he doesn't want to do. He's got to put his father down. And how does he do it? Well, you're just going to have to read it to find out. But the at the end of the framing sequence, there seems to be something really icky going on with the theater. Because as the couple's leaving, and they're, you know, they're making small talk, you know, wow, that was wonderful. That really sucked. Um... One of the uh, theater custodians walks down. He's you know trying to clean up after the 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 couple, and there wasn't really many people in the theater. And there's freaking dead bodies all in the front row. How the couple didn't see them is beyond me. But the front row of the theater is littered with like murdered, maimed, and butchered bodies. So it's like, what is going on with this theater? It's pretty damn cool. I mean, I love horror, so this is right in my wheelhouse. But it is wordy as hell. It will really? take you. Oh yeah, it'll take you a good half hour, forty five minutes to read this this comic. It you, like, is, you like good dense comics? I do. I do. Your David, David, you you would really enjoy the amount of dialogue and exposition in this comic. It is dense, and really? the artwork, oddly enough, mirrors the narrative because the. At first glance, I thought, man, this is some busy shit. I mean, there is a lot of line work in this thing. The dude draws every branch on a tree. It, yeah. I mean, it yeah. must have yeah. taken. There, there's one double-page uh, splash where the the uh, the armed forces are moved in and moving in, and they have like vans that are all boarded up, and they like like them. Um, like you've seen in, in, uh, the remake of Dawn of the Dead. Know how they retrofitted the van with all the, the rebar around it and the, you know, the metal plating and stuff. It's kind of like that. There, there are piles of dead bodies and they're just rooting through stuff. There's paper blowing around all over the place and clouds in the sky, choppers flying by and every <coughs> damn line. It looks like, I mean, stylistically, it's not close to George Perez, but in terms of, Number of lines on the page, it's like Perez level. There's a lot of stuff going on here. Wow. It, 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 even in the facial features, the dude's not content to just draw eyes, nose, and a mouth. He draws smile lines around the eyes. He draws folds in the fabric, really dense folds and blades of grass. It, it's, it's intense line work. Uh, when the zombie comes in, you see every piece of gut and, and sinew and disgusting viscera hanging off this dude and it it's it's very dense and that kind of i was kind of taken aback by that for a while i was like wow this is really detailed i don't know if this is working for me 
but it did after a while. It pulled me in. The the amount of detail I I wasn't I was digging it after a while, okay. but I I had to go in slow. It, it I was very surprised, and I and I gotta say the colorist Michael Garcia. This is a cold looking book, very cold. I mean, aside from the 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 crimsons in the blood. The, the book is grays and cold blues and, and pale greens. It's, it's, it looks like an October book. That's, that's the best way I can put it. Uh, very autumnal looking browns and, and okay. earth tones. It, it's, it's cold and that's appropriate. You're telling a story about a zombie, a, a kid that has to put his father down because he's been turned. There's not a lot of bright spots in that story. And appropriately enough, the colors reflect, reflect that. But I got to say, props to Xenoscope. I, I really enjoyed this issue. There's four different well, covers. You're cracking up now. So you're not going to be able to tell us about them four different covers. All right, go. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> uh, I uh, I recently sat down and plowed through the rest of the 12 issues of um, or 12 issues in total of um, of Heroes for Hire and uh, I, I stopped around I think issue 4 and I just let them pile up and uh, it was there were two issues that that uh, that tied into fear itself. They were nice because they were uh, penciled by Kyle Hotz and uh, and inked by um, um, Bob Almond, who I haven't it's really a, seen. Wait, these it, are fear itself titles? No, no, no. Heroes for Hire only had it, the main series oh. had two issues that tied into the event. Oh, uh, but they didn't. They, they it was still. It was still a Heroes for Hire story. It was basically just them taking care of their I'm little section. I'm so lost with all that right now. Well, dude, it's it's so different than 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 any other event where instead of having a three issue miniseries, you just have a couple of issues of an ongoing tie in. But it was um, so you lost. Didn't, it, I don't know why. I don't know how. Because I'm lost. Just, I'm lost. Well, I, lost. if you if you're quiet <laughs> for a second, um, the the Heroes for Hire title starts off with Misty Knight just trying to um, uh, she's she can't stay still she uh, she 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 wants to do something she wants to to, to make the streets safe so so she uh, she dusts she off she doesn't the, know what point one issue she needs to jump into well I don't think that, well there wasn't one during this initial. The only point one is the villains for hire point one issue that that just came out, which I haven't read yet. Uh, Heroes for Hire is written by Abnett and Lanning. Oh, for the, they're good. For the most part, yeah, they are. For the most part, uh, the uh, the book is penciled by Brad Walker, uh, and uh, there are some issues that are penciled by Robert Atkins of GI Joe fame. Really? Yep. There, uh, there's the two Kyle Hotz issues that uh, that tied into fear itself, but um, it's it basically just revolves around Misty and Paladin. But you've had she she hires heroes such as Stingray, um, Ghost Rider, Satana, uh, Silver Sable, Spider Man, Falcon, uh, Moon Knight. But there are there are some. Um, 
the, the, the idea is she's she just after this miscarriage she had with Danny, she just she she can't take it easy and she just wants to make sure that the, the streets stay clean. Um Wait, what? She and she and Danny had a in air quotes a miscarriage. Aww. Uh the baby didn't exist. Really? It, it was it was it from it, it was basically because of um of of uh of the energy force that, that exists within Danny, the the chi the that, that, that gives him the iron fist. It 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 uh it made it appear that that Misty was pregnant. Hey, that's I, I know it's it's, okay. it's it's I know it's it's not as it's not as strong as uh, as what Peter David did in X Factor. I don't think nothing will ever top that. But um, Kun Lun Coniglis, that's, <laughs> it's the baby of the. That's true. Uh, but Sorry. it was uh, it was um, it was it was pretty cool. I, the twelve issues are, are are done. The series is is I'll say is done. Because uh, now you have villains for hire, and like I said, I haven't started the point one issue, so I don't know where where that's going. Basically, it looks like a takeoff on Heroes for Hire is just that these are bad guys, and of course they'll do whatever dirty work they need to do if the money's right. So it's they're just taking that idea. But this was um, the the writing was was fantastic with Heroes for Hire. I thought everybody in it was um, well written. Everybody sounded like themselves there was a uh, there was a great page where um Spider-Man and, and Paladin don't get along too well um because Spider-Man just doesn't understand why you need to be paid to do the right thing and um and and Paladin just just figures Paladin out Paladin has shot many people that Peter knows <laughs> that could be it too but there was um but there was Paladin is is uh, is injured, needs to hail a cab, and and the conversation he has with the cab driver, where he's like, you know, hey, are you are you uh, are you that Spider Man guy? And Paladin's like, no. He's like, are you are are oh, you're you're that you're that Luke Cage, you're that Power Man guy. And he goes, no, he's bigger and blacker, and and it's and it's just it's the whole book is pretty well done, and and uh, I was I don't know why I kind of just put it off for so long. There were some things about the. Uh, the first arc that that kind of bugged me a little bit. The um, there was someone there was someone pulling Misty's strings and uh, initially and and without spoiling it, that pretty much gives away who the big bad was in the first uh, the first story. Arcade. No. Oh. I love arcade. I know you do. <laughs> he was throwing you a bone, but no, I I um. Love arcade. I, I like him too. That? I guess. Yeah, he's all yeah, right. Yes, yeah. He's yeah. a ginger. That's right, baby. <laughs> With his bow tie self. Y'all but, don't have to be nasty about it. Well, he is a ginger. He is. Yeah. yeah. My daughter tells me that gingers are weird. Oh, well, they are. I don't know what that means. That's. Are I you a ginger? Am I a ginger? No, I do have some red in my hair, but I'm a. When I did have hair, it was black. Highlights were red. Why am I talking about this? Come on, David, keep going. No, it was just, I was just. It, it's it's been something that has, as I'm going through the the piles of comics that I have, and I, I'm I'm assembling scattered issues here and there. Um, and may, maybe next week I'll I'll get into it. But I mean, because I'm I've been I've been plowing through 
Amazing Spider-Man, but um, look at you. As I'm just, I mean, I've just, I've, I've got Uncanny X-Force to go through. I, I actually, what's on tap next is Avengers Academy because I really want to oh. uh, pick up on that. But there was, I mean, there's just, um, well, I mean, I'd read some DC stuff, but I mean, everything's only like you know two issues old, so there's really not much to go with there. Yeah. The, um, the, I, I mean, after I finished Crimson, which had a lot more. There were a lot more ties to religion than I expected there to be, um, and that's and that's not a bad thing. I mean, it's it's not. Um, it was just it it it. it then it didn't take me out of the story. I just as I'm as I'm reading about these these vampires. I mean, there was very little about vampires except for like the first few issues, and and of course who Alex Elder is. But um, I got a lot of crimson down, don't I? You can. No, you don't have to. I was just saying. I've, I mean, after I finished Crimson, because I, when I talked about it a couple of weeks ago, I I just started reading into the run. So uh, so once I finished that, and then I started tackling the other things I've had lying around, and um, and Heroes for Hire was one of those. And, and actually, Steve Raker was was also pushing Heroes for Hire because on our way into New York for the con, he was um, he was telling me that that Kyle drew the, those two Fear itself issues, and and I mean he was. Ex- he was telling me about the heroes that that Misty had hired, and a little bit during the run, some things felt a little redundant because the first arc, when um, when Misty was was being, we'll say, manipulated, they had already tackled these. Um, not they, they already cleaned the streets, and then once once um, Misty was herself again, they they kind of just had to do it again. So it it felt like oh you already it, there was some deja vu going on but it all made sense in the story but for a little bit while I was reading it I was like but I just I already read this so so now she's in her right frame of mind and 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 we're going through it again but aside from that part of the story I just thought overall those, those twelve issues were were pretty good and even those even those fear self tie-ins even though they were happening during fear itself they they kept to their little corner. Of, of New York and the Marvel Universe and, and still took care of what they had to take care of. It's not like, except for when you saw Thing doing what, what when, when he was possessed by the hammer, there wasn't, it, it could have been a two-part story that, that just they took on something that was a little bit bigger than, than our normal street, thru, street thug fare. Um, but I, I, you know, I give it up to, again, to Abnett Laney. It was a, uh, it was, a, it was a solid run. I, I, I really enjoyed it. I'll get y'all chatty. Chatty All Kathy. Of us? All How of about us? no you, David. How about Matt Wagner? Well killing so I'm it. not fucking all of us? No. Uh <laughs> Matt Wagner killing it on the Liberty Annual for two thousand eleven. Dude, I had I I I told Renee she had to read that page where 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 Hunter Rose is standing in front of everybody and he goes well what did he do and the guy's like oh he gay and it's like but no all right. re- read the dialogue he's a cock oh, muncher yeah, a rump humper a fudge packer yeah and pretty then, raw oh well yeah but yeah. but um so so that's the reason why these mob guys want to take this guy out and and then which is and this is always Renee's what Hunter Rose says is pretty much Renee's argument when when people want to 
interpret the Bible to fit. Oh yeah, shoehorn it into their their ideologies, yeah, right? You know, and it's uh, and and so from from that point on, you have um, uh, where the hell is it? You have Wagner. Wagner has Hunter Rose. He keeps going on. He says, um, and I mean that I, I I love the art. So he goes. So he hasn't he hasn't stolen from us nor betrayed us. Yet you're prepared to violate and punish him based on an antiquated text. And which of course now now they're like, well. Uh, so he says. Then I suppose you also refrain from eating shellfish or pork or wearing clothing that is woven from mixed fibers, and that you let your forelocks and beards grow entirely untrimmed. That's right. You know, it's like it's like the whole the whole and like i said I, i'm only I'm, I'm maybe halfway through because i'm up to the craig thompson story um but because the hembeck story was was pretty funny mm. the the um well i mean just because it's hembeck but yeah it's good art yeah the, uh, the theme of this year's annual and this it, i think it's the first time really i guess the, a theme right was hammered home with with these annuals because before they were just real good you know fight censorship and 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 you know these are your rights type stories but this is all about the the whole it gets better it gets better right you know and, and as far as it applies to sexual uh orientation meaning that tough it out take the the uh the shit thrown at you by people who don't understand because right. it will eventually get better and most of the stories adhere to that theme but i gotta ask greg land and and freaking yeah, um, emma uh, what the fuck why is that in the book because they they um they're there, for chris if you didn't see the the liberty annual for 2011 there's a full page greg land drawing of because they're outcasts they're of the emma and she's in the she's in the thigh high boots and the little tiny panties and the the, the, boos, the, the boosier and she's making an X with her fingers and there's an X behind her with all the X Men in it and it says outcasts ellipsis anyone and I'm I'm guessing they're trying to to equate the fact that the the mutants are shunned by the Sunday. Marvel uni Marvel yeah. universe at large to the to the you know homosexuals being shunned in in our society and it's it's just lame it, it yeah it, it sticks out like uh yeah and in fact all of the mainstream stuff in this book with the exception of greg horns double page uh he's got he's you. he's got iron man um thor and captain american it says guardians of liberty support the comic book legal defense fund and it's a nice little painting it's very good and and it it fits the theme of the cb C B L D F, but then you got right. Then you got a uh, an Ivan Reese Green Lantern that just says the will to power. It just seems opportunistic to me. Like okay, they, we have this um, sexual orientation themed issue of the uh, Liberty uh, Annual. Let's just throw Green Lantern in it and and shoehorn some kind of comment that'll. You know, maybe blend with the theme, maybe not, because it's Green Lantern. We need to put that in there. Like, really? It doesn't fit. It just, it, it just seems yeah. awkward to me. It does. Yeah, that that it's it would be more fitting in in a convention program. Right. It looks yeah. like a, a poster in a convention, but in four pages, Stalker. Matt Matt Wagner friggin' nailed it. 
four yeah. pages, and he just makes everybody in the issue look bad. In comparison, it, he 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 drew it, he wrote it. Who did the inking? I think he did too. Yeah, he did. It. He did, uh, yeah, he did. Our, colors, well, colors by day, the color red. Yeah, they, he's <laughs> pushing the the black, white, and red yeah. format that he's been doing with the Grendel stories for a while now. And uh, um, it, this issue was edited by Bob Shrek. And, uh, and and apparently, you know, letting it all hang yeah, out. Yeah, he's bisexual. Yeah, I, I. Well, you kind of got that from uh, the second mage. If that <laughs> if if that character is Bob Shrek, then yeah, and you kind of picked that, up on and, that. And that editorial is uh, is 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 uh, illustrated by uh, Moon and Ba. Moon and Ba, yeah. You have um, J. H. Williams and Todd Klein do a two pager that's just outstanding, yeah. friggin' amazing. Carla Speed McNeil's in here. Uh, Which Steve- and and that one also really doesn't kind of go into the whole. I mean, it goes into the labeling people yeah which kind of fits yeah 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 but i gotta say i'm a pretty big dave cooper fan but i thought his page with uh kyle mcculloch that's a frequent collaborator with dave cooper it just stunk it's just nasty uh chris there's it's the at the end of the tunnel five of the six panels are black it's two people in the dark and and all you can see is their eyeballs right the 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 traditional cartoon you know eyes in the dark thing and and uh the one guy says kind of a male in anyway yeah the one guy says are you well you don't know it's two guys until the last panel but one character says are you ready and i've been ready for 10 minutes and they go you know panel to panel it's easy just find a hole and stick it in and and uh don't force so like, it so it's like the five minutes before we start recording right but at the end of the thing it's like the light comes on and there's a dude on the ground with a light bulb in his ass and and the light bulb is is lit and the one guy uh, one character says we did it and he's got a huge erection and the character on the ground says well now that we can see get over here so i can start sucking your dick it's just it it's like yeah we're doing a legal defense fund book and it's all about censorship and being able to say what you want to say and let's just push it and be offensive as possible and just talk about you know the base aspects of of human sexuality. It's just ah oh, whatever. It it just soured me. You know, D- David, did you feel the same way? I uh, yeah. I mean, it it was yeah. It wasn't. Um, they could be in love. Who knows? But the point of the thing is, the lights on. Let me suck your dick. Yeah. Like whatever. Well, but it is. Yeah, they're oh, go ahead. Busy. So I mean, yeah. no, I'm just saying. So it's not. But it is followed by a Cowboy Ninja Viking story by A.J. Lieberman and Riley Rosmo, which is great. It's a really good story. Yeah, it is good. I liked it, it a lot. I love the, the, the Viking's hilarious. Um, Joel it's, Jones? It's, it's, not, it's, it's the first Cowboy Ninja Viking I've read because I, I didn't read any of the... Uh, oh, really? You need to read that. I, I know. I know. I want to. Yeah. Steve Niles does a neat two-pager about being ostracized from whatever clicks uh, society uh, throws your way. Work, uh, Fred Hembeck has a two-page uh, thing written by Michael Bramley, which is pretty cool. I love Fred Hembeck. Yeah. yeah. Craig Thompson's in here, written by uh, Kazim Ali. It's a nice little story. Uh, but, yeah, some of the stuff, pretty baffling. The Shane Davis pin up. Yeah. And our buddy, Jay Gonzo's in here. He's got a page at the end. Oh, does he? Yeah, Dave Grilly wrote it, and Jay Gonzo drew it. 
He's my uh, in your travels really? today because he's also my thank you since I didn't get to say it at the beginning. Oh, okay. I'll tell you what, let's, let's get to those in your travels. And Chris, naked elephant men. Well, they're all. Oh, yeah. Hip flask is hung. Well, like, he's hung like, like a rhinoceros. Yeah. He's huge. And what's the elephant's name? I can never remember. Hip flask is a um, hippopotamus. Right, the elephant. What's the elephant's name? The elephant. Wait, uh, oh God! Yeah, it's what I'm saying. Is well, he's, it, ma he's married to Sahara, so right. The um, elephant hung like a pimple. Yeah, yeah, Not so little, little tiny yeah, ding dong, and 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 foreskin on uh, on on the rhino too. There, so yeah, yeah, big time. But but Sahara naked. Yeah, she's hottie. Got to buy you know, it. I, I, All right. Dense in your oh, travels. What do you want to be going for? This episode of 11 O'Clock Comics has been sponsored by Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com, where you, Mr. and Mrs. Comic Book Aficionado, can get your favorite funny books and collectibles at huge Wamba discounts, anywhere from 35 to 75% off their monthly spotlight specials. They wrap them securely, they pack them great, and they're delivered to your home by a custodian of the United Parcel Service. You can't get anything better than that. Cheap books and deliver to your home. Where are you going? Discount comic book service. DCBService.com. Hmm. In your travels. Ah. Read. Well, I don't want to say it because David's going to say it. Read Sonic the Hedgehog from Archie because it's fantastic. You would you think. I, I, love lo Sonic. I love Sonic. And they recently published a, I don't know what the name of it is because I didn't get it in my box yet, but I did order it and I did see it at the local Books A Million, which did open. It, it's a magazine. It's, it's 128 pages for like $9.99 and they give you the equivalent of five Sonic comics priced at $2.99. Do the math. Five times three is fifteen. The magazine should be fifteen dollars plus, but it's not. It's, it's nine ninety nine. Nine ninety nine, even less if you get it through DCBS. So look at look for the Sonic magazine. the The cover is uh, has a foil layer. It's really nice. Um, there's a Sonic uh, timeline of Mobius, and there's little text pieces. It's great stuff. Archie does good books. Don't poo poo on the Archie. They've been in business for for decades, and they're going to probably be the the last publisher standing because they seem to have this knack for knowing what kids want. Kids like me, look at me. Yeah, that's right. right. Sonic I, the Hedgehog. I have, uh, I have some. It's it's not something to read or eat or drink. It's something to go to and experience. Something and I am very wow. jealous because I don't live near you guys. Because I'm talking about the Brooklyn Comics and Graphics Festival uh, 2011. And uh, I believe it's uh, G uh, December 3rd. Ah, shit. Uh, yeah, you, um, you can go to um, comicsandgraphicsfest.com and, uh, and see that they're going to have some pretty amazing guests. I'm very jealous. They uh, they will have uh, among others David Mazzucchelli, which that's worth, going, that's worth going right there. Yeah, uh, uh, Chip Kid, <gasps> a uh, a fan of uh, design and graphic novels. Chip yeah, Kid yeah. is one of the best in the business. Um, for Vince and and many other like Vince, don't say uh, Gary Panner. Very excited that CF is going to oh. be. Ah. Yay! I gotta go. 
I got it going. Brooklyn. Um, the big one. And if uh, if you don't think that this is a reason to, uh, I mean, I'm seriously thinking about traveling for this one. Jack Davis is going to be there. Son of a bitch! Really? Yeah. So we're going. Jack Davis is going to be at this show. I think his middle name's Goddamn Jack. Goddamn Davis. Jack Goddamn Davis is going to. Oh be my there. goodness. Um. So yeah, that that is the uh, the Brooklyn Comics and Graphics Festival. So if you're anywhere on the East Coast and have an appreciation. If you listen to this show yeah, and yeah. you live within three hours of Brooklyn, <laughs> you you need to you need to go to this show. No rest till Brooklyn, baby. That's I mean, come on. David Masakelli, CF. I love Jack CF, Davis, but I love Jack Davis more. And I love Jack Davis more than Masakelli. Oh, it's Jack. It's Jack. Fucking it's bigger Davis. body of work. Oh, of see, course. you're getting. Yeah, yeah. It's true. We got to see him. Yeah. You so, know, he was at the last show we were at together, and we didn't. Kelly. Jack was, Davis too. Was we Jack? Where were we all together well, last Mazzucchelli time? Well, Kelly was at Mocha. Right, but we were Mazzucchelli somewhere else. Was in New York this year, and yeah. I just, and I, I, I didn't make the effort to go and Chris Farley on him. Eastman. So you remember that time that remember you, did, when you drew Nuke? You one. Remember that Batman cool. thing? With the bats and the shadows. In in Daredevil, (laughs) when when Captain America was like, you know, I just, you know. Those pills look so real, man. They did. Give me a blue. Give me a red. It's all about the dream, sir. They ruined Nuke. But go ahead, David. (laughs) (laughs) They did. Uh, At at the, um, since since I'm going to pretend this is the beginning of the episode, uh, I have a thank you. To uh, to Mr. Jay Gonzo. Yay! Um, I finally, since 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 Vince got his last week, uh, and you got yours too, right, Chris? Oh well, no, you picked yours up. And uh, delivered. And delivered. That's right. Bitches. That's right. All right, I'm fine. Settle down. Jeez. Um, get all testy on our number asses. two of six and delivered. La mano del destino. You gotta say that con mucho gusto. La mano del destino. We should have some echo on that. <laughs> echo, echo. Uh, this has a snazzy little head sketch inside. Says two dad. The the art is. Oh, but you was hand delivered, bitches. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> See, he said he got the hand delivered, but you got the sketch. You won, David. You know, win. Actually, winning. There was, there, was <laughs> a, there was a nice there was a nice letter included in the. Uh, in, in the envelope where um, what also was included was this is on um, well I'll say it's cardboard it's like raggy like rag some kind of rag paper yeah 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 but very stiff yes very, but it, it's got a fibrous quality to it yeah, it's nice it's like yeah. an old school cheap ass backing board with, with, with the gray looking but it is it is one of the posters that you would see on the first page of Nice. We are brothers in Jay Gonzo. We own art from him. So I have I have the comic and I have art from the comic. And but I mean you you're the colors you're right. The colors are fantastic. I love the paper. Mm-hmm. The, his his art is just I just I love this. This this is just this is some fantastic stuff. The 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 last page is a coloring page. Mm-hmm. Uh, the back cover says "Keep Calm" and uh, "Lutran." The um, 
you rolling your eyes. I know. I try. Uh, awesome. With the, with the X and with the A. The the um. No, seriously. This is just. I have to get the rest of the series. This is just. This, I mean, even if the art is fantastic, as, as as I've constantly said. But I mean, you don't have to be a wrestling fan or a luchador. A luchador. Who doesn't like lucha libre? So, you know. So it's just show me who doesn't. Oh, well, Dave does. Right, of course he does. But what this is Jay Gonzo is a dude who has a passion for comics. You can you can, it, it you can it's readily apparent from page 1 the guy loves doing what he's doing. And like David said, this is a six-issue series. We have to ensure that this guy completes the series, which yeah. means get off your asses, contact him through the website. Castle and Key Publications, is it? dot com contact him and get a copy of this none of this but you need to pay for it this guy has to finish the series because we need eyes on his work to get him other work because he's that good it really is it, it is uh, and and it, it's worth supporting you know you may question my my judgment on books like gangster rap posse <laughs> and other things but don't hesitate on this one because it is fantastic. It's it's wrestling and it's a human story about a guy put in a position that he doesn't want to be in. He's got to do something about it, and he just happens to be a luchador. It's great stuff. It's it's heartfelt. It's tender, right? You would yes. think. Yeah. Read it, please. Do it. it it's so good. La Mano and the, fr- the first issue is still is, is still online, right? I'm sure. Yeah. He's got so, the I mean, whole so thing up for you to read. Be, so, read yeah, issue. don't take our words for it. Go see it. The proof is in the pudding, right? When right. you see his art, read his words, experience the story, you will fall in love with this story, this book. It's that good. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely. bastards. Yeah. Snicker if you will, but you will be convinced by the time you're done. I Aha. There you go. I don't want to go. Who watched Walking Dead? I did not. Um, it was. Um, I liked this oh, episode yeah. a lot. I did. I I liked it too. Um, I don't. Oh man, Steven. It, it's um. It, it's one of those. It's one of those episodes. Um. Uh, very similar to uh, to the comic that it was kind of a. Except they had a whole lot of shame. Well, oh, yeah, shame. but um, um. It had a uh, it had a nice breather aspect to it it's uh you'll find those you'll find those issues in, in the in the comic series a lot where the it's it's absolutely not about the zombies i mean it's always in the background and they'll have you know they, they every every issue i think has a zombie that might be, even be an edict is that there has to be a zombie sighting at least at, at one point in in, a, in an issue but this was very much not about the the zombies. It was all all human interaction in, in this one. Uh, the well scene with the zombie was freaky as hell. It, it was it was disgusting, um, and it just uh, it was really more about uh, just kind of the futility of fighting against this uh, than than anything. Um, but great uh, uh, great moments with Glenn. This week, yes, uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like, uh, does uh, I like to have sex? Uh, um, but uh, yeah, 
the 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 Glenn and Maggie scenes were great, but uh, uh, Shane's kind of confession to yep. Andrea was who, was who really can, good. Who can, she she can be eaten any day now. I don't, and I don't mean out. I just oh, mean, now you talk. Now you're speaking my language. I mean, a walker can take her out. Oh, okay. No, she is just. It's it's <laughs> it's getting. To, I don't, dude. It. There are people in this world. I do not care how. T-Dog. Eyes they are. <laughs> See, that's the thing, dude. This is the thing. T-Dog annoyed me less than Andre did this that's week. That's bad. That's really um, bad. You know, she's really struggling right now. And, no. uh, and, and T-Dog had, had a nice moment in okay. this one. Carol has bitched about her missing child less than Andrea's bitching about this fucking gun. Yeah, you know, it's... J- Jason, um, what's his heart, had a really nice post and talking about um, Andrea in the comics versus right versus Andrea in in the the TV series and how and her her ability as a sharpshooter really empowers her and in in the TV show. Um, her dependence on having a firearm has weakened her, and and I, th- I thought that was a really insightful uh, observation. Yeah. And um, you know, and and it's true, but you know, I think in the I think in the TV show, you know, it's a it's a different thing. It's a, it's a separate it's a separate entity, and I think that she is still leaning on. She's still trying to become empowered by a firearm and that's um it's gonna be interesting to see what happens with her and i think in one episode of of a tv show you can you can turn that on it on its head and she can come out as a very empowered character but i i totally agree with you right now she needs to she needs to get over it uh, i don't i there, there are there are people on this planet, who I I know Vince that you will doesn't you you will eat a mile of shit to get to some woman's asshole. It does not matter. <laughs> <laughs> you know me so well. But it does not matter how they are on the inside. But if it it, it does to me, and I don't I don't care how beautiful you are. If you open your mouth and there is just call me Captain Superficial. It's I I can't and and I know I know you're all you know. Everybody Not seems really, to be. It, <laughs> and everybody just seems to be. Well, out of all the women, well, that that Maggie's there, maybe not. But but out of the the original cast who who still survived, Andrew was the only one who was actually nice to look at. But I mean, the mm-hmm. more she talks, the more they have her do, that becomes less and less of a feature for me. So it it's 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 like when when you know when i would talk about nina on alphas it, like i know people like oh my god but she's you know she's supposed to be the eye candy and, this, that, and it's just she's she's just bland it, it's like when they, they compare yeah. us on the show and it's like hey there's these guys and then there's david so it's like i i'm, I'm oh, oh, oh we should have a couch so God. he can lay on it and do all this while he's in <laughs> i gotta say <laughs> i i don't find enough compelling in the show to make it worth my time I, I it, move, it moves way too slowly for me. It's just no, you know. I, I like I've I given like, up. There were, there, there were some. I, I like I like how deliberate it is. I, I think shows need to be deliberate like that. But you, you only have so many so many hours in the day for yes, for, for entertainment, and I don't feel like that deserves. I like 
to take I, away I, I, for something I, I, else. I like the slower moments. Um, and, and there were some really good Rick there and Larry moments in, in this issue. Yeah. <laughs> we've, moved hey. on, we, we've moved on, you know, with, with Carl. We haven't moved on with Sophie, but the, uh, we've, we've, um, it's been Darryl, three days. Daryl had some moments. Um, you know, so, I mean, overall, it's, there were a lot of times in this episode where, well, um, Everybody seemed to have some. Everybody had some camera time this week. I, I did. I did have a question about that, David. You know, he found that house, and someone, someone was living there. Yeah, someone who it would seem like a small child. What are we talking? When, about? when he opened up the closet, was yeah, it a closet or shed, but yeah, who's yeah, he? It was just a, a pantry. Who him? Daryl. Daryl. Because Daryl was the only one who could look for 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 Sophia because, um. Uh, Rick had given too much blood in it. He would have killed him. Um, Shane had they, a fucked up leg, right? So I mean, there weren't. And, and Glenn and Maggie went to went into town to to the pharmacy to pick up some supplies, and and so fucking so so Laura could go pee on a stick. And and the uh, you need to get over this shit. <laughs> what you need to get over what you go pee on a stick. You and your hatred <laughs> of, of skinny white girls. <laughs> <laughs> It's true, David. It is true, though, David. I, I've it's we, we figured we figured out the code, and you need to get over this. It's not skinny white chicks. It's dumb get that girl a tanning bed. You, it's, you a, have, it's a thing. And a jaw. It's a thing, and you need to get you need to get past it. Oh well. All right. You know, I'm, I've I've de- I've detected a common theme. <laughs> It's nothing to do with the fact that of of the personalities of liar. these guys. It has liar person they are. It's liar. because skinny. Okay, all right. Liar. You know what I'm thinking? See, the way the way David wears his himself on his sleeve. If Renee was a man and David loved her, I think David would be gay. Because it's not about the body; it's about the person. Yeah, I agree with that. Totally unlike me. Because you don't want the gay. I need. I don't want the gay. Yeah, you don't want the gay. Well, no, nah, no. Nah. There was that time back in college. Now, nah. oh, we're, we're getting ready to go down a path. That's, yeah, that's true. So. Back this truck up. Hey, everybody! Thank you for being here. We yeah. hope we've uh, given you a little bit of entertainment. Thank you to Jeff Lemire for being so gracious and 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 talking about gangster rap posse with us. Yeah, I think he was just fucking. It's Jeff Lemire. That. He's like what? What is this? Gangster? What? <laughs> He's Jewish all of a sudden. Gangster rap posse? Gangster. Their manager's Jewish. Saul's Jewish. He's Canadian. Hollywood. You know who Saul reminds me of? That um from from don't say don't say uh not not Derek, the um who was uh Booster Gold's manager, Dirk. No, 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 no. He reminds me of the character um uh what's his name? Rob. Um the uh, the Scientologist. The the uh, what the fuck's his name? Jerry Maguire. What the hell's his name? Tom Cruise. Why did I say Rob? He reminds me of the 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 character Tom Cruise played in the uh, movie with Jack Black and uh, Tropic Thunder. Yeah, he reminds yeah. me of that yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. was an awesome role for him. That's yeah. with the big thick arms with the hair on it. Yeah, that, that's all. That's a great fucking movie. And Saul saves their bacon from the 
the LAPD has him surrounded and Saul comes in and runs over the policeman and like, like squishes their head with the van and they get, all get in and he's like, hey boys, you gotta start working on your album. And they're like, shut the fuck up, Saul. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's so good. Benjamin Mar is a genius. But anyway, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> oh, good, times, good times. Good times. And then he backs up and runs over them again. Of course. Hey, everybody. Thank you for being here with us. Uh, we'll be back here next week, maybe with Jason. I hope, right? Jason's going to be back next maybe. week. Maybe. I think it's a, I think it's a flip of the coin. Ah, I miss the boy. You. Me. It's going to be a rough month. He's busy. I know. Making the bacon. That's right. He's making the bacon. Yeah. We, he make, he bringing home the bacon. We in the kitchen one cooking of us, it. One of us has to be a fucking work. adult. Yeah. He is very adult. He's adult. Bye. Bye. Peace out, homie. We've descended into poop. I'm out. Poop. Poop. What? Palindrome. Poop is a palindrome. Yes, it is. So it's race car. Yeah. Yep. Race car is a funny word. It's a scary word. It's the same backwards as forwards. But you kind of lose that as soon as the word gets a little bigger. But race car is kind of big for a palindrome. Yeah. Do you think God wanted it that way? I didn't know that race car was a palindrome. It is. <laughs> Write it down. You'll see. Wow. There Bob's a palindrome. There you As go. I never, never trust anybody named Bob. The more you know. I know. Na, 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 na. My dogs are going crazy. Of course they are. Your, your you dog's hear a palindrome. You dog hear is God. You hear him? <laughs> Here. It's like I'm going to take this out. Dog the dyslexic god. We're out of here. Chicken my hips and my back toe. Bye. Anybody who tuned in for Lemire that's like, what the hell? Why did Jeff yeah, agree to be on this that, cluster? This shit deteriorated once he left. I know. I loved the sound effects in the background he was on. It sounded like he was broadcasting from the anthem. It's odd. Yeah. Oh!